Yes, hello, I am James Rowland, and today it's the WNR 431. It's NXT update time, but I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by our resident NXT expert. It is, of course, Monty. How you doing, man? I'm making it, man. It's been a, it's been a while. You know, after that uh, string of just doing a uh, show after show, it felt like uh, it was nice to get a little refreshment. Um, we have a lot to talk about, man, so I'm just hyped to get into it. You know, excited to be here as always. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, I, I planned to do this a couple of weeks previously, but I actually saw the chance and took it for the first time in seven years to have a little bit of a vacation, <laughs> as they say, from the Double right. Podcast. Do not worry. We are not <laughs> shutting down or ending or in any way. <laughs> we, we are... There's a prediction league to win, damn it. So you just celebrating the anniversary too. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> People are like, well, they're done. That is them. That is... <laughs> they have peaked. But like I said, Monty, as you said, it, it, there is so much to talk mm-hmm. about. And of course, we've got five weeks of NXT UK to catch up on the latest news and Great American Bash. But we start with the latest on the WWE network. And, of course, it was WWE Table for Five. And this was actually quite a special episode because it was a Bone Street crew who mm-hmm. were the Untaker, Godfather, Rikishi, Henry Godwin, and then Midian. Uh, Monty, I don't know if you saw this. It was only, I think it's 40 minutes, so maybe one of the longest Table Threes they got. Uh, but I thought this was excellent stuff. I started it. I did not get a chance to finish it, but it definitely uh, uh, began like it was going to be a great, time like to just sit back and just let them do their thing and you know tell some great stories and you can kind of hear the camaraderie you know it's kind of cool we kind of get that that uh that view we've always heard stories about them you know especially if you uh know about that time when they were all on the active roster together uh we all heard stories about the crew uh, missing people like yokozuna who was a part of it and all that type of stuff back in the day so uh you know over the years to hear, to finally get to see or kind of get insight into how they, how they work and how, how it went. I think that was uh, just awesome. Like you almost feel like, am I allowed to watch this? Like I still feel that way about Undertaker. Like when he speaks <laughs> regularly, like I'm like, am I allowed to see him be a human being after just years <laughs> of never knowing anything personally about him? So it, it's still kind of weird, but this was, like you said, a very, very good time. Well, it's, it's Taker in his element, and this is the the strange thing of about how good he is. You know, we talk about Steve Austin, you know, to have his uh, the broken skull, but you Taker just seems to be relaxed. I know he's around friends, but you yeah. know, uh, but you just see it with him. Henry Godwin was the most shocking change for me. Cause I'm looking at him going, really? This more like Tully Blanchard now. <laughs> I agree. I couldn't believe that was. I was like, really? <laughs> That here we go. <laughs> and then okay. Midian, Midian uh, showing was pretty shocking as well. Yeah. But uh, then again, it has had a long life. Uh, I mean, this was just fun. The pictures that we saw as well were great. The one mm-hmm. with the uh, two takers and Yoko Zuna. Because <laughs> again, it's, it's, it's weird what we're seeing uh, here from. And also, I want to mention Young Rock at the moment. If anybody's mm. not seen that, it's a must I definitely... watch. For any wrestling fan, yeah. you know, I agree. I'm on season two at the yes. beginning. I have to. I'm probably gonna start reviewing that for the show. It was, like it's awesome though. It's a lot of great references, especially for wrestling historians. You know, uh, who 
know a lot of those great names. It's, I, I agree. I enjoy Young Rock. But go go ahead with you, Zach. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, is, is it's a bit like with Marvel and the Avengers now, you know, with kids who read the books or, or grew up mm. and then seeing this on screen. And it's, it's, it's just me, you know, like I know it might sound nerdy, but even as a kid, reading about the history of wrestling and hearing about, you know, like we talk about the uh, Bone Street crew, which were kind of like right. keeping the click in check. Uh, and even with like Young Rock of his debut and how they dealt with that, you see actually on, you know, pictures of it, of what you've only read about, which again, it is just so good. Like you said, you feel like you're let in and you're starting to know a lot more. And it's, yeah, that <laughs> was true what they were talking about and, you know, uh, everything right. that was kind of going on. Uh, it's just really, this show was just really, really good. And if The Undertaker's going to be like that, I cannot wait to have one-on-one guests, which apparently is going to happen sooner rather than later, you know? Nice, yeah. I, I can't, can't wait either. Like I said, it's still weird to me whenever he's allowed to just be himself, be a human. But uh, still, like you said, I always seem to be uh, doing really, really good with the content. You know, it's, it's really, when you think about it, for someone who was in a, playing a character for so long, especially the title character he played. And to find, I bet it's like a big breath of fresh air these last few, you know, years or whatever, to just be able to <laughs> just be himself. Like whether you, whether people like it or not, he's allowed to just be himself. Uh, and I, I think it's kind of cool for someone like him who was just under wraps and safeguarded for so long. So it'd be cool to see uh, him doing more uh, stuff like this. Uh, and, I, I, this also this this whole thing going on definitely gave me nostalgia to being a kid, and I always wondered what the BSK tattoo that I used to see meant. I just remember a lot, like you said, that's a lot of like even the intrigue of what some of the tattoos that Undertaker had over the years was a popular thing for us wrestling fans. So yeah, I made like you said, it may sound like a little wrestling nerd here, but yeah, it definitely hit all ticked all the boxes there if you knew anything about it. And then I think it also did a good job for uh, younger people who may not know who they are of kind of setting the scene. Yeah, without that, and I mean, it's worth the price of mission alone when you hear about the Godwins beating up the Undertaker in a hotel room and Taker <laughs> seeking revenge, you know, like stuff like this. <laughs> the other interesting thing I try to notice, you know, with body language and how they were as a group, with Godfather, he maybe wrestled a little bit longer than Taker, but it seemed like, you know, you assume the Undertaker would be like leader of the group. But the Godfather's pretty much, and even a couple of back and forth they have, is saying like, "No, I, I deserve the respect I get as well." Which again is saying that you would never think you'd see on WF television <laughs> or WWE right. television, even. You know? <laughs> yeah, man, it, it, it's crazy, it's mind blowing, bro. Just like that's what I'm saying. Like that element of it is just completely mind blowing. But again, it's such a great, and like I said, the network and you know Peacock now over here. They've always done a really good job of giving you that peek behind the curtain. I'm still shocked at how much we're we're allowed to find out now because it just used to be so different. You couldn't find anything but, you know, rumors back uh, growing up. So it's so cool to kind of whenever you get those peeks behind the curtain. One thing I do wish they would do on the network here is give us some of the documentaries, especially like A&E. I now have the biographies like Gold, The Rock and... Austin feud coming up, and they'll just we can't get it here at this moment in time. So, you know, again, I'm not complaining about not having more no, stuff to ahead. watch, but it's <laughs> it's a choice of it, you know. So, uh, but speaking about choice of what to watch, we're going to do NXT UK, like I said, five episodes and five big 
episodes coming up. We're going to start with June 23rd, or what I call the changing of the guard. And of course, the show opened with Trent Seven promo and his sneak attack on Tyler Bate from the last update. But we had a Smith and Carter in-ring segment to start, of course, the tag team champions. But Smith was wearing a brace on his right knee. He talked about how he watched the finish of their match over and over and was amazed every time by the reaction the fans gave them. He said in the beginning of his career, he had no trouble winning matches at times. Felt like no one had come to the show to see him wrestle. But that all changed when Carter joined the brand and he saw the light at the end of the tunnel which made it even harder to say he was going to say next that he ruptured his MCL and therefore had to vacate the titles. He apologised to Carter and told him he was rooting for him to succeed in the singles division. But Carter told him it was fine, not to worry. Smith vowed to be back and win the titles again. Then came uh, Sid Sculler and they relinquished the belts to him. This brought out Dee Familia, who said they were not pinned in the triple threat match for the titles and demanded that this brought out Josh Briggs and fucking Brooks Jensen, who were originally scheduled to challenge Smith and Carter on the show. And then Mark Haskins and Wild Boar uh, with Dave Bassett and Jack Styles and Scala announced a four-way elimination match for the vacant titles in the main event of tonight's show. But, Monty, it's a damn shame about Smith and Carter. I mean, just horrible timing, man. Like, they worked so hard. And with the angle, we just kind of, like, invested the last month or at least few months, I think, in that chase of the tag title. So just with it, with it, with it working out like that, man, it was just, just, it was hard to watch and hard to even hear him have to give uh, that great, honest promo about it. But, uh, uh, you can't do much with just wish for a speedy recovery, man. It was just unfortunate. And, uh, you know, and by the way, I don't know, I'm sorry. I knew it was a big deal and they had to do this because of the circumstances, but an opening promo on NXT UK, like the, the opening segment just being a promo segment, I was just shocked. Like I was shocked <laughs> by it just because I'm not used to it. I'm used to as soon as we come in, you know, you have they talk a little bit and, and straight to a match out of nowhere. But nice little uh nice little swerve, I guess, there. But uh yeah, man, uh it was it, it sucked for Carter and Smith. Like I said, the timing of it all and like we said, we watched them, I feel like ascend. So uh now that they have to be immediately split, you know, for now. Yeah, man, just horrible timing. Speedy recovery, in my opinion, the only thing I can uh, hope for. Yeah, right. That uh, same with Ashton Smith for me. I think yeah. four, four ways he's proven. I mean, ever since winning the championship, his reaction taken at home for his family to see the title belt, the promo that he did when he relinquished, you could tell what it meant to Smith. I mm-hmm. learned more about him and his means and his goals than most wrestlers have been doing it for years. You know, it's simple and effective. Good point. And yes, it's when Smith come back, it was going to be, you know, really, really good to see. And with Oliver Carter, it's my singles mm-hmm. run. I mean, it did wonders for Dante Martin. So um, we talked about Carter, maybe um, star in the group as well. So be interesting times ahead, you know? Yeah, I agree. He's always flashed potential so we'll get to see what he could do in this setting going forward and like you said uh, I think either way it goes the team will benefit uh, when the comeback happens and they can be right back on the road to regain and that's that's another story that's waiting to be told now their redemption so uh, I, I think at the end of the day you kind of after that after you get the unfortunate news you just got to try to make the positives out of it and I think uh, it's some positives that they still can uh, pull out of that situation. 
Well, ahead of a match for Nina Samuels, NXT Saray visited with Miko Satomura, the champion welcomer, and they talked in Japanese. Satomura then turned to Mina McKenzie and told us Fry wasn't their only as McKenzie will face Fallon Henry at next week. Satomura hoped to see some fighting spirit. Do you know, Miko amazes me more every week. This is only a backstage segment, but I still was like, you're so fucking cool. <laughs> presence, bro. Yeah, it's just a presence. Yeah. Like, it's also the way she looks at everyone else. Just like, it, it, it's simple. Like, you know, it's body language, and I, I really love it. I agree. It's just she feels like a big deal. Like, that's a champion right there. You know, we talk about you know, Bret Hart or something like that, someone that carries himself as a champion. Miko is doing it uh, perfectly. Charles uh, Samuels of backstage talked to Sid Scala, asked him to turn the decision of last week's tag match against Wolfgang and Damon Kemp. He said Wolfgang used a scarf, which is a foreign object, but the decision stands. Samuels started breaking Wolfgang, who conveniently walked up behind him. The ad words of Wolfgang offered a wager, so it looks like we'll see those two meeting again. We then see Isla Dawn versus Grace, where they traded pinfall attempts early until Grace outsmarted Dawn and came back with a, dro- a dropping Grace throat first across the top rope. Dawn looked to get some victory, but Grace held her own and kept hitting moves. Grace eventually missed a crossbody, allowing Dawn to hit a head kick and a half Nelson slam for the pinfall victory. Uh, I don't know about you, but again, Dawn for me just has it. Yeah, I agree. She She's definitely top tier in this women's division. And I think this was all about, you know, kind of just rebuilding her, you know, after the loss to make, to, to continue to, you know, just rebuild what she, the momentum that she had going before she fought uh, Mako the second time or whatever. So, or really the first, both times actually. But anyway, uh, I thought Miley looked strong too at times too. So she, you know, looked good in defeat. But I think we both expected that result. And like you said, Isla is on top of her game. I, I really think that uh, the whole character work and everything she does from the facial expression and what she uh, brings in, in the ring, she's solid every time out. So uh, I don't know exactly what that means for her going forward, but I do think I think now after her situation with Mako, she should be looked at as a top-tier you know, contender or level competitor in the women's division. And uh, yeah, this was good stuff. Yeah, and again, like you said, it shows with Dawn, yeah, losing the title match, but still kind of being better than the rest at this moment in time, being positioned right. as such, which is a great way to recover from a loss like that, you know? Exactly. Oftentimes, the mistake is when people lose, they continue, either continue to lose or they they lose their, their credibility or, you know, you can, you can tell they're nowhere near the level of the champion. But being where she is right now, I think is a pretty good spot to be in. Yeah, no well, time both of these could be uh, done, but I think a little bit of work. Uh, Bay is taking a leave of absence after last week's tap by Trent Seven. We get a video looking at Tiger Turan stalking Kenny Williams over the past four weeks. And then now Dar at the Scholar's office, the NXT UK Heritage Cup. He put it down on the desk and told him he'd beaten everybody that challenged him and thought it was time to put the trophy on his mantelpiece and go for bigger challenges. Scarlett started to protest and Dar suggested one final fairway match in the stadium in front of thousands of fans. Giants don't go. He told the builder Scarlett to get on and demanded double pay for the match. So could this be the end of Noam Dar? Say it ain't so. Come on. 
All I, all I have to say is that he just committed a fatal sin. Yeah. <laughs> as a as a champion or cup holder, he he literally uh, committed it. But we'll get to it later. <laughs> well, we got Sarai versus Nina Samuels, and Sarai start with a roll up and immediately transition to half crabs and the same. For the ropes, Rye was an offence until Samuels caught her with a crossbody and hit a backbreaker. As Samuels illegally worked over Sarai on the ropes and continued dominating, but Sarai came back with another roll up, forearms, and a drop kick. She eventually hit a basement drop kick of Samuels in the ropes and pinned her after an overhead exploder suplex. And I gotta say, Nina for me is just a firm favourite. Uh, <laughs> again, it's great to see Sarai get the, the respect she deserves here, you know. I agree 100%. It's almost night and day when you think about her presentation. <laughs> so far in the UK, it's like you can't even believe it, uh, how different uh, is she she seems. But, yeah, I, I always tend to enjoy when, when Nina's out there. And uh, I thought, like you said, Saray looked very, very strong. And, you know, when you get the – she also had a very good support in the from the in BT Sport from the UK fans. So I think that, that helped also. She looked good, and uh, I had no problem with this result, even though I understand this is another loss <laughs> against 2.0, I guess, if you want to uh, phrase it that way. Uh, and, yeah, we love, we love Nina around here, but I think she's probably in that role of uh, putting people over while being entertaining so far. It doesn't seem like they're letting her win much, but <laughs> – this was still, it's still always, like you said, it's still always entertaining stuff when she's out there. I was thinking about the characters and I was thinking about Isla Dawn, Nina Samuels. If I was going to sum up those two, there's a dead dog, all right? I wanted to <laughs> picture this. With Isla Dawn, okay. she would carry it around knowing it was dead, right? With Nina Samuels, <laughs> yeah. would carry it around combing it, saying to her, no, no, it's just sleeping. And that is why yeah. there's two great characters. And it's just that dog paradox. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Two different degrees of insane. Yes. <laughs> All Completely different UK. approaches. And Same speak- results. <laughs> well, speaking of, again, great female wrestlers, Blair Davenport will return from injury next week. And then Zara Brookside and Eliza Alexander harassed Saray. She came backstage. They backed her against a wall. Well, that's until Miko Satmora pow walked into frame and they backed off. Satmora then talked to Saray in Japanese. Yes, boy. Again, it's just... <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. Yeah, just simple, effective. And Brookside and Alexander uh, mixing it up as well with these... Is exactly what I want to see, you know. Um, we see Trent Seven addressing the NXT universe, of course, next week as well. And then elimination match: Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs versus Dave Massive Jack Stars versus Andrews Wildboar versus Steve Familiar for the vacant <laughs> NXT UK Tag Team Titles. Well, we see Dave Familiar attacking Stars, including Dempsey hitting an uppercut at the outside. The referee was distracted. Massive was next and beat down both Jensen and Briggs while Dempsey hit another suplex on Stars on the outside. Rowan Raja used the confusion to hit Seek and Destroy and Massive to relate both him and Stars at the 12 minute mark. Tierman locked in the crossface on Briggs, who eventually to man turn the move into a pin for an earful. He back body dropped Tierman about 20 feet in the air, tagged in Jensen. The two big men hit stereo big boots and Tierman and Dempsey in the apron. Hit an ugly inclination of the high low on Raja to score. 
the final elimination to become NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Henley came out to celebrate the match. They posed with the belts. I should say, oh, Andrews got eliminated at the 10-minute mark as well. Um, I mean, this was fun till it ended. And the crowd of marks, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, actually, and three teams deserved <laughs> it more. That's it. Yeah, I, 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 like like you said, it was a fast-paced match. I thought it came off as rushed at first, but I think it just ended up being just pretty much a faster-paced type of match. And uh, you know, it, I going into it, man. Once everyone, I figured out who was all in it. I was like, okay, Defamil makes the most sense, or you know, Stars and Masters. And going with Breeze and Jensen never really went 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 into my thinking there. So I'm with you uh, on the deserving. And when you watch. Smith and Carter worked, worked so hard and worked forever to finally get a moment and win the tag title. And then on literally on what? I think this is their first match, but this might be like what the second or third match, maybe. I don't know. Briggs and Jensen literally gets wins the titles. It was just, uh, yeah, it, it, I think that result overshadowed pretty good action. I don't think the match itself was bad. So maybe that's why the fans kind of got wrapped up in it because the match wasn't that bad. But yeah, uh, they definitely. I don't. I don't understand it, but it's the result that we, we have, and here we are. You know, Briggs and Jensen. <laughs> Would you believe it? It's a dark day for next UK. <laughs> I, I will say one thing though: Dave Mastiff looked tiny next to Josh Briggs. It was one of those things yeah, where you go. That's fair. That's what a real man looks like. <laughs> it's like how small Mast- <laughs> is? Is Mastiff small? How small is Jack Stars? That is he. Yeah. Fit in his yeah. pocket. Uh, and, and, and that's what they like, believe it. And that's a, that's most likely what they like the most about the big guy. You know, they 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 they, they tried to hammer it over the head. We'll get to that later. But 2.0 has made a lot of little comments about how this air is bigger and stronger. So here you go. So moving on to the next episode, June 30th, The Return. And it is Blair Davenport versus Angel Hayes. Described as by Nigel McGuinness as a hellraiser, the callous Blair Davenport picked up right where she left off prior to suffering a leg injury during a street fight against Miko Satamora. Hayes caught Blair by landing a series of kicks to claim on an early upper hand. Hayes' fight spirit only seemed to anger Davenport, who blistered Hayes with several menacing strikes, a picture-perfect suplex, and a match ending full Canaro. And after the bell, Davenport promised to crush all your hopes. Uh, Monty, what do you think of this? I think it's great to see it. I can't believe it's been five months already. Yeah, man. You know, time has really, really flew by. It was great to see her back in her element, you know, and just in the ring. And uh, I think that's what this is all about, just getting her another rep, you know, in there with someone like Angel Hayes and just showcase what, you know, why she was basically battling out with Mako, like you said, just five months ago. So, uh, this was solid stuff, you know. Even though uh, Hayes never really had stood a chance, I still thought this was uh, a good segment because of like what I mentioned earlier about establishing Davenport. And uh, you know that injury that when she left, you know, looked pretty nasty. So uh, I'm just glad. I'm glad it was just five months. But <laughs> uh, yeah, man, time is flying. Yes, it is. Well, we see Kenny Williams was in Sid Scala's office when Tiger Turan walked in. They had words, and they'll have a match next week. And Williams vowed to unmask Turan. Now, Dale Charles Samuels walked into the performance center where Mark Coffey was trading. They had words, and Coffey challenged Dale to a match for the Heritage Cup. 
Samuels gave one in a hundred odds to Coffey winning and better stack with a lot of wrestlers and trainers then wanted in on the bet. I don't know see how this can go wrong. <laughs> it's a moment in time. <laughs> Stop <laughs> trying to tell you, man. <laughs> we then get Fallon Henley versus Mina McKenzie. McKenzie was perhaps feeling the pressure as her mentor, Miko, proclaimed this match will be a test. McKenzie seemed primed to pass with flying colours after pounce like a lion when Henley seemed to injured her knee, chop blocking her, dishing out several stomps to a newfound bullseye. Was it Henley nevertheless started? When Mackenzie hoists her in the air, wiggling free and folding up Mackenzie for the free count. Following the match, Henley helped Mackenzie back to her feet and gave her a hug for the dejected Mackenzie stump back in to the corner. Um, what did you think of this? Cause it looks like Mackenzie is basically the measuring stick of NXT UK. Like, whoever they bring over, <laughs> stick her in the ring with it, see how she they do, you know? Yeah, Fallon, I think that proved Fallon is way more competent than last legend. Uh, <laughs> based off that, that measuring stick, I guess. But yeah, this is, I can't complain, man. This is solid. This is solid stuff. I, I thought Fallon didn't look bad here. I thought Amelia was pretty, you know, uh, you know, nothing, nothing bad, nothing special from either person. And uh, uh, but I do think the body language and like we talked about with Mako's pressure before this is something brewing here, you know. And uh, we mentioned it before, you know, especially with the. The whole student-teacher relationship and how we know that can always backfire. But, you know, with Sarai coming in and how the chemistry and all of this, uh, you know, so far, you know, you can already kind of see a little bit of body language and with everything going on. You can see something coming down the line. And we just have to wait. NXT UK is really good with these slow burns. So I'm calming down. I'm not saying anything's going to happen yet. But this was very enjoyable and competitive, so I didn't have a problem with these. Uh, but... Yeah, paying attention. Amelia McKenzie's, uh, like you said, definitely uh, who they are measuring the newcomers from the states against. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, let's hope Fallon doesn't beat Miko. Otherwise, we're not doing this anymore. So uh, <laughs> we got Oliver Carter talk about Asher Smith's recovery from injury. Dee familiar entered and Tim and greeted Carter in German. And all three tried to persuade Carter to join him. He told him it had been his best interest. They left. And Carter looked like he was thinking. As Fry then trained at the performance centre, Zia Brookside and Eliza Alexander walked up and talked down to her. Miko Satmora and then walked into the frame. That was quick. And Satmora told the two hills they talked too much. Satmora said if Brookside and Alexander want to step in the ring, she and Sarai would teach them a lesson. Mackenzie briefly looked taken yeah. aback. That sort of more would mm-hmm. team Sarai. Her. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little. I want to be the the teach, you know number one student. Little little thing going on so far. But we'll see if it takes a turn. But I, I, again, I love the little subtle. Again, simple, simple stuff, but effective. We then get Wolfgang versus Shah Samuels, and Big Wolfie was doing well until he suffered a mid-match arm injury. Wolfgang turned the tide by lifting his knees to his opponent's midsection when Samuels leapt from the top rope. Moments later, Dar hopped on the ring apron and the charged Wolfgang, who booted Dar on the face to send him plumping to the floor for wiping out Samuels with a thunderous spear for the <laughs> free count. I guess Dar is not as good as Shah as a corner man. <laughs> no, <laughs> as you can see, uh, it's the reason why they they play the roles that they play. Uh, but this is fine. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I hate. You know, it wasn't really the most interesting stuff to me uh, for most of it because it was kind of slow. But I thought it picked up, and I thought it was overall still like uh, you know a good match. It felt like filler, but 
you know, it was still good to see. I didn't have a problem with this Wolfgang winning and kind of <laughs> getting the better of Shaw. He's manages to make it all entertaining no matter what. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, Shaw and Dahl, we have loved every moment. Great match, but not just flashy. His story told. I realise if Shaw and Dahl do get called up, it's name change time anyway. So anything could happen. Uh, but we then move on to the main <laughs> event segment. Greeted with deafening booze, Trent Seven baths in a negative reception as he entered the arena, make sure to do the signature mustache mountain roll into the square circle as he prepared to address his disgusting assault on Tyler Bate, acknowledging the why Trent wide chance. Seven, this was a savage low blow of Tyler Bate. It's a moment that Trent Seven saved the industry and brought people back to the BT Sports Arena. The Donna Sissy said his killer instinct. <laughs> For explaining that Bate no longer has a willingness to do whatever it takes to win, he vowed that the big strong boy wouldn't come back to fight him, mock a little weak boy. As Seven was booed out the arena, he got into an intense trash talk with fan, though the fan was immediately restrained by security when he hopped the barricade. Seven nevertheless greeted him with a vicious below the belt before exiting the course. Because it wasn't meant to happen, they didn't show the clip again. Um, but he didn't wish Bates' family dead, so I don't know how good a hill he is. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. To I don't know, fun. man. The scale has changed. Yeah. But for heat, so, yeah. in, in Trent's way, I did enjoy this. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a great. That's a great little point because you know, oh yeah, <laughs> this. This seems like top-level scum behavior, but I don't know anymore. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Trent was giving asshole times 100, you know, from the outfit, from the promo delivery, like everything he said. I loved it. You're right. He was on, This is great. He was on point. Like everything was perfect in my opinion and his ego and just how obviously uh, just full of himself he seems to be now. Uh, this is cool. I liked it. Even from the uh, obvious, from the, I guess you can say, stunt granny position fan. <laughs> <laughs> was that, what, was that not a real fan? Oh my <laughs> word. <laughs> I did not know. To be fair, I would love Trent as champion just to complete the set as it was. Um, yeah. And what if Joe Coffey returned and sided with Trent? That would be an interesting development as well, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, but we move on July 7th, and of course, uh, Addy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness. And we start with Tiger Turan versus Kenny Williams. Yeah, with discussions running rampant, that Turan might actually be Williams' former tag partner, Amir Jordan, who was banished from NXT UK after losing in a loser leaves town match. The scum of the earth spent most of the bout throwing a fit and attempting to unmask his foe. Unfortunately, overstimulated Williams. Turan took advantage of Williams' obsession of proving Turan is actually Jordan, claiming to win by rather free count. Williams dropped Turan with bad luck after the match, yanked off two of Turan's masks, only discover a third mask underneath. <laughs> what are the chances? The ambush finally included where the NX UK officials pulled Williams from the scene. Uh, but what do you think of this? Because I really like the story. Yeah, man, this has been it's been a nice development in my opinion uh i thought this was a great continuation of that and uh, uh, tiger Tehran coming prepared made a lot of sense he definitely told him word for word what he was going to try to do so 
it made sense for him to wear an extra mask or two. So it's just it was like you said, uh, didn't have a problem. Don't have a problem with the story they're telling. And after that result, we you know we know this is not over. Uh, I don't I don't mind the story here. And Kenny Williams continuing this trend of losing his mind. He's obsessed at this point when it comes to Tiger's identity. So the next logical step. Uh, you know, uh, I thought this was the next logical step in the story. Now, like you said, they've even mentioned Amir Jordan at this point, so I don't, I don't know if that's just gonna, making it obvious or we're we putting this off and it be in someone else. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I think that's a great place to be in a story, uh, having us waiting to see what's next. Well, last week we see Trent Seven Carter to the back as Coach Johnny Moss read Trent the Riot Act, but Sam Gladwell walks out greatly to chew out Trent. But was called a no one match between the two soon. And then Oliver Carter doing weights with DiFamini on hand, still waiting for an answer, which seemed to be Carter challenging them to a series of single matches, starting with Tierman. And then Josh Morrell versus Primate, uh, competed by Zlosum since the apparent dissolution of symbiosis. Frenzy Primate unloaded on Morrell in the early goings, but he undaunted Morrell, fired back by launching himself off the top rope to wipe out Primate at ringside. And soon claimed a victory with a shoulder to the midsection and pressed flip for the free count. So Morel with the 2.0 upset this week, it looks like. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, it's good to see him get that surprise. Weird though, because I'm used to the, uh, you know him losing in defeat, looking de- decent maybe, but uh, pleasantly shocked. Even though the more I thought about it, I was like, well, Primate did leave and then come back completely basic. Not completely the same, but he wasn't in a different role or anything. So, I don't know. But this is, you know, it's a welcome surprise. Okay. <laughs> well, like I said, Morel is good, just needs to find a character. But the future's probably not looking good for Primate. But then again, yeah. NXT <laughs> UK, you can stay for a very long time without anybody noticing so he's, he's, he's got a completely years. forgotten outside out of mind. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we then see Blair Davenport quizzed arrival at the performance center. She's fed up with the same questions as a male approached her, annoyed with a dig in Blair's promo last week. Stevie turned the doorway to get some screen time, clearly setting up Blair versus Mel and Stevie. Well, we know what's going to happen with her as well. We then get a video from Mayor Dragunov next, talk about the names he defended the NXU title against and who's next. Uh, he said he wants a man uh, of integrity. I then calls out Wolfgang, who wants him to step into the lines then. And then Tate Mayfair versus Trent Seven. And Seven was methodical in his attack. After dubbing himself the absorbing several punches, he picked the win by turning Mayfair's inside out with a Seven Stars Lariat. Afterwards, Seven ruthlessly stomped Mayfair, locked him in the figure four, before Sam Gradwell darted to the ring and chased away his new-found nemesis. Um, Sam is a full guy in NXT because it's Trent calling him the yogurt, and that just shows how much things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. What a 180. Uh, Trent's new persona, man, is just great, though. He's just so full of himself, full of himself to the highest degree at this point. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what else he does until Bates' eventual return. So uh, this this is, a, you know, this match had a singular purpose when it comes to uh, whooping up, beating on Mayfair like that. Uh, but <laughs> I did not have a problem getting a, a peek at Trent's new approach to uh, in-ring action with this character. So, uh, And Gradwell coming out makes sense. So this was, this was enjoyable. 
Love it, Rad Out. This is a trend we need. Now and Dar gets to sit down and view, paint himself as a victim of his own success because of how many times he's defended the Heritage Cup. He's going against Mark Coffey <laughs> in the next episode. And also, it's Oliver Carter, Tim, and Stevie Taylor and Mel. But right now, Eliza Alexander and Zaya Brookside versus Miko Satmora and Sarai. And Brookside Alexander isolated Warrior of the Sun from the final boss for quite some time. But Sarai, Alexander with a double stomp, tagged in Satmora, who brutalized the opponent with several kicks and a wicked DDT. Brookside briefly regained the upper hand by blindsided Satmora with a kick to the face. But a tight holder tagging Sarai, who knocked Alexander off the apron, blasted Brookside with a double boot. Seconds later, Satmore tagged back in. Clover Brookside with a Scorpio rising for the victory. Uh, and before I asked you about the match, Monty, and also asked you, does Miko maybe have a new prized pupil? <laughs> Definitely looking like it, man. You know, uh, they just, oh man, they fit so well together, you know in this match as a team too. It was just, I thought they really had great chemistry uh, in this one, you know, and uh, Eliza and, and, and Zaya did a really good job of also, you know, looking, they looked good, but at the same time made their opponents look great. And Zaya sell of the drop kick. She, <laughs> she made it. Yeah, she was wiped out. That was, it was perfect. Perfect. I've seen it not necessarily sold the best all the time. So, it was good to see it <laughs> return to form, I guess, to say. I was about to say, I actually put Sarai Dropkick on Zaya. looked like she exploded her. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Like, oh, my goodness. It was great. It was great. She wiped her out, man. Uh, but, yeah, this was very enjoyable. And, uh, you know, uh, I thought this was a really, really positive uh, match. And you're 100% on the money. I'm on to it. This is definitely the prize pupil right now. Uh, we'll see what, what happens going forward, though. I'll tell you something as well. With the treatment of the women's tag team titles, which we'll get on in the course, mm-hmm. just give the belts or let Alexander and Brookside have the belts. Come to yeah. the UK and just fuck around because there at the moment, I, I, I smile on my face. This match for me, I, I can't explain to people. I could watch this all the time with yeah. stuff like this. It really, really was. Like I said, a great match. Zyre eating the pin as well, so it protects Alexander. The hill's getting more comfortable and confident every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think less 2.0, or the right talent, does help here. <laughs> I think we're seeing that right. in a few of the matches. Yeah, I agree. If you if you use them, certain people, <laughs> in certain situations in, in the right way, I think, uh, yeah, you know, uh, they just show great potential. And I think the trip out across the pond has been positive for uh, a good number of uh, the, the 2.0 guy, people. So we'll see. Uh, it's, it's definitely mixed bag. Some of them, who cares? But it's also a lot of, uh, you know, people who are impressing, like you said. Like we mentioned, uh, you know, I, Ivy last time, and now we're here with Sarai. You know, Sarai looking great in the U.K. So even Hit Fallon has not looked bad either. So, yeah, this has it's been positive experience so far for a, a big chunk of the 2.0 people. Even Damon Kemp, too, is another one I, I thought was pretty good over here in the U.K. Yeah, we hope the worst is over, you know. Like, they've gave us right. Briggs and Jensen as tag champions. But at the moment, it's not too uh, bad. <laughs> but we'll move on. July yeah. 14th, and it's a brave new world. Uh, Oliver Carter versus Tierman. Uh, and we see him fighting in a singles battle here against the entire uh, D Familia without backup. 
uh, a crafty car, a Dodge Dempsey, when he was perched on the ring apron and kicked him in the face before landing several stiff kicks on team and including a roundhouse kick to the jaw. That sealed the win. After Bell, however, D Familia issued a savage beatdown that was punctured by Tim and Spike and Carter in a canvas reverse DDT. Uh, I thought this was quite a fun opener, and I'm wondering what team could possibly save Carter. That's fair. You You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> You tell me, who do you think is going to say? <laughs> well, as I say, he might just be beaten down all this time, but it'll be interesting to think, you know, what's Someone, the... right? Yeah, Primate's not doing anything, is he? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Primate. <laughs> um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe Sam Brad will, you know, after this situation with Seven, will, you know, play the role in this one too. Who knows? It's a couple of candidates. Either way, go. This was a nice way to kick off the show. Uh, and De Familia's tactics, you know, I thought was going to be too much to overcome, honestly, in the long run. But, you know, Carter did a great job. He fought fighting from that underdog position. And we talked about it before, how much potential he's flashed. So, you know, still being able to win in this situation despite the odds. I mean, you look like a million bucks after something like that, even with the beatdown at the end for uh, Tillman to kind of get his heat back. So I thought this was positive on both sides, even for, uh, you know, D-Familia. So this was exceptional stuff to kick off the show. Yeah, without doubt. But Tierman is one of those interesting guys where I think he's got something about him, but he's probably got more losses than wins on NXT. That's true. Um, which, again, and I like, wonder, like, will that come to a head as the leader? Because he yeah. is supposed to be the leader, but, man, DMC's record right now <laughs> is way stronger if you're looking at, like like you said, presentation and matches and all that. So it's interesting to watch, in my opinion. You're right, that. We see Sam grab well interviews at Performance Center was instantly attacked after he called Trent Seven the dirt worst. Fallon Henley lies about British food at the Performance Center while the dawn interrupts an interview and of course you know <laughs> you know what that means. Josh Morrell congratulated by Dave Mastivas' win last week and sets up match between the two next week. Uh, we see Wolfgang kicking a ball against a wall. He's never done that before in his life, by the look of it. <laughs> He's asked about Aya Dragon from last week. Uh, uh, Wolfie threatens to take the NXT UK title because why not, Wolfie? Why not? Why not? Yeah, if we all did it, though, it wouldn't really work, would it? You know, because it's no, not... only him. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. only works for him. Yeah, who who who's your face, Roman Reigns? Wolfie, why not? Well, no. <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Come on. Uh, <laughs> we get Stevie Turner versus Amel. Turner landed a devastating blow when she boot to the face, but Amel recovered and landed a picture-perfect bulldog. Moments later, Amel planted Turner with a hope breaker for the free count. Mm-hmm. Following the match, a seemingly disingenuous and unimpressed Davenport uh, stood up at the commentary desk and slowly applauded before Mel locked eyes with a fellow superstar. Began berating her from the ring. Even Andy Shepard doesn't know what 4D means. She... <laughs> yes, I, I'm glad you noticed that. Thank goodness, because he definitely screamed it out. I was like, oh, so so everyone's confused. Okay, that's okay. Thank goodness. I thought we were the only ones who were missing something for a minute there, but okay. Uh... Yeah, but he's got the chance to ask her, and she went, I don't know. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, uh, this is solid stuff. Like you said, we pretty much can expect this whenever Stevie kind of goes a little bit too punched too far above her weight class in a way. Because like she she dominates usually some of the, the, the greener uh talent that they have, but you know, every time she steps up, she gets knocked right back down. So this is kind of continuing that while also giving a male momentum going forward because it's obvious that we're getting a male and Blair down the line and I'm down for that match because I think it'll be physical. Uh, it'd, it'd probably be a, a good show overall. So this is a satisfactory segment overall, even with not understanding what the hell 4D is. <laughs> well, it's like I said, this wasn't great, but it's a million times the type of match on NXT 2.0. So yeah. it's kind of, it's really odd, you know. But backstage, Charles Samuels reminded he's banned from ringside for the main event and bribing the referee didn't seem to help. Uh, but after the tag match last week, Saray challenged Nico Satamora to a title match uh, before Nina Samuels ran out and tried to quiz a crestfallen Emina McKenzie. Actually <laughs> laughed out loud the way Nina just popped it. Like, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was great. She like shuffled over there. <laughs> you knew she was just uh, an annoyance. And then after Amelia blew her off, the little face she made. <laughs> just like, oh yeah. Perfect, just perfect. <laughs> it is fantastic. I mean, like I said, at this point in time, with what Nina Samuels is doing and like someone like Isla Dawn, Ashar and Dar, just make the most of it because these will never, you know, whatever changes they have and whatever, they, they are, they, these are the moments right now. Yeah. Backstage with uh, Andrews and Wild Boars, they're going to take on Josh Briggs and Brooke Jensen. They're looking to bring the NXT UK titles back home. Team No Chance, I think, is their new name. Uh, we will hmm. get Harley Dragunov versus Wolfgang <laughs> in a respect-driven NXT UK title match on the next update. Uh, but we have got Sam Gradwell versus Trent Seven still to come on Henley and Isla Dawn. But it's main event time on a penultimate episode, NXT UK Heritage Cup. Mark Coffey versus Naam Dahl. This is Dahl's sixth defence, and Shah Samuels is... Backstage watching on TV, of course, Bard, worried about those 100 to 1 odds he has been given out. And the Scotch Supernova, you could tell, was thrown off his game as his over-aggressive charge at the start of round two. So Coffee snatched him in a gator lock to force a near-immediate tab. Dar, who we like talked, hinted about retiring when the champion fired back with a series of menacing elbow strikes in round three and even about in round four with tapping his foe up with a champagne super knee bar, making sure to keep coffee in the hole for a few seconds after the bell. In round six, Dar attempted to keep his distance from coffee and run out the clock and attempt to earn a draw and maintain his trophy. Seemingly running instinct and pure guts, coffee blasted Dar with a series of strikes, nearly drove through the mat with and clobbered him with a running forearm to earn the victory with just 12 seconds remaining. Coffee let out cry and celebrated yeah. with his newly won trophy. Wolfgang and Silver NX UK superstars merged in the entryway to give him a standard ovation. Then Joe <laughs> Coffee made his sudden return, motioning embraced his brother for celebrating the ring as Mark, uh, with his brother Mark, as NX UK concluded. So your new Heritage Cup champion, Mark Coffee, um, cunts. That's all. <laughs> the cunts, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't Dar go out of the ring that last 30 seconds? He he was over aggressive. Yeah. It, it, sto- he thought he could finish it where he could have just, just left it. I just, 
Bob. Uh, I, lo- I love how distraught you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, I would be the same level of distraught about this, but he just, he'd commit too many <laughs> mortal champions slash whatever. If you're holding anything, title, cup, whatever it is, if you are in a favorable position and you have beaten everyone, you never brag about how you've beaten everyone. <laughs> he doubled down on it a week before the match, and I get it. And then the corner, oh, come on, you mean tell me shock well, is not allowed also? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was the, the fix was in, buddy. <laughs> I knew it was over, but you know what? This is still really, really strong stuff. You know, Mark, I love the element of if I, I just remembering back myself of Mark falling for a lot of the tricks that Noam had going on uh, in their first encounter and all that. And, you know, of course, you had Shaw there, too. But uh, in this situation, you know, he did not fall for any of the little things, little mind games that we know Noam Dar is good at. And, uh, you know, I thought Coffee really just impressed him, man. This is just a hell of a cup match overall. And I thought Noam still looked good in the like he still looked very strong even in the way he lose he lost. Like, yeah, you can say trying to go for the draw and all that is a cowardly way, but it fits within everything we know about Noam Dark. At the end of the day, it's all about retaining the cup. So it, it just it, I ain't gonna lie, after he lost, it just immediately ran through my mind. I was like, oh well t- please tell me this just means down the line we can get Noam Dark versus Dragon off, you know, maybe. Possibly, who knows? I don't know if that's gonna happen after that great cup run, but he he, I, I really think he represented himself really, really well and the cup really, really well over these last over this run. So uh, I was happy for Mark, though, man, and uh, because I and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. But, you know, seeing Joe right there coming back and I think I think they should wait if they are going to do this. But if Joe will challenge for the cup, maybe or something down the line, I think that's a possibility now. But if it was to happen where it could possibly lead to, to the brothers feuding. I think it's a good job of waiting because it's so like Trent Seven's wound is still fresh. If you see what I'm saying, like I wouldn't do it. So like, if you're going to mess up Gallus, I wouldn't do it like this right now, but who knows what's going to happen next. But now with, with Mark in this position, uh, it's definitely a, a, a possibility for a jealousy angle down the line. But we'll see who knows. This is still fantastic stuff, man. I had no problem with it, even though my guy was dethroned. I think even the fans were happy that Joe didn't clock Mark and actually hugged him. They thought, oh, we can't go yeah. through it again. <laughs> no, you know, it's so. like, come on, man. It's too soon. Yeah, it's too soon. <laughs> uh, first Gallus man to win singles gold. And, of course, this is the end of an era because Noam Dar is the greatest Harris Cup champion of all oh, yeah. time. Uh, great story with this match and with the actual feud because, again, it just shows you with the right booking and the right story – Darwin Shah has now put Mark Coffey over from a tag wrestler to actually holding this cup. And we're not going, oh, he doesn't deserve it because we've seen the journey of what it took to get here. And again, that's how you have a proper singles run. And this is why, you know, we talk about um, Oliver Carter and stuff like that. You know, even with Charlie Dempsey having a look, it's it's, Heritage Mm -hmm. Cup is just one of these things that always delivers the way the rounds are. Uh, and the way the story is, it's just something different from anything else you see on kind of weekly television, you know? Yeah, that's such a great point. Like, it's something it's something that's uniquely NXT UK's. Like, they don't even, you know, some it's certain things, like, for example, when we talk about whether, whether it's completely the same or not, but you have NXT still doing war games at times, and now you have, like, blood and goods. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're not exactly the same, but it's similar. But NXT UK has this cup. 
the way the rules are set up and all of that is completely unique and it just fits perfectly. And then you can use it for many different ways. Like we said, the tournament uh, a while back did a great job of showcasing what it, a lot of different people could do with this format. But also you have like flexibility in my opinion, because like I said, you can build a star through it. You can maintain someone's star. You can rebuild a star using the Heritage Cup in the way in that design. So I, I I I marvel at so far what they've done with it, and it's, it's usually, like you said, one of the more enjoyable. Whenever a cup match is on the horizon, it, it always is a, like a big time feel in that main event, almost the same level as some of the championship matches. So, or if not the same level as, or not if not better than some of the championship matches. So, yeah, man, uh, I I love the cup with what they've been doing so far, and I think Mark can only uh, carry it, you know, even further. I think this, can, this has the potential to only get better and better if they continue to use it the way they've been using it. And, and the other complaint I've had a few times about the Heritage Cup in itself, well, every match ends 2-1. But again, it adds it because then the challenge is getting the victory over the champion without him having to lose. And, you know, the way they go about right. the fall sometimes, I have them ending 2-1. It's creative ways to do it. Like, it just depends yeah. who's involved. You know what I mean? Like some people know. Like I like that's why I feel like Noam them kind of mastered how to structure it. If you see what I'm saying, and yeah. do it differently depending on the, his opponent. So that's all. In my opinion, that's the key to it. It's like it gets kind of tedious once it once people are doing it the same way. But if you can mix it up and sometimes do the tie where it's one one, sometimes make it look like it's probably gonna be a sweep. You know, it's different ways to tell the story using that format. And I think that's why Noam Dar is probably the greatest because of each of his defenses, including his run to getting the cup. I felt like he won matches in completely different ways. And also, just make a point as well, just about British wrestling in itself. You know, we talk about we'd be lucky enough to see why, you know, even people like Jackson Eugene have seen like Will Ospreay or someone like that say with Junior who's kind of living their best life at the moment, you know, wrestling as well as they are. We see all back in AEW, but, you know, now I'm Dar, you can tell he's so kind of content and happy with just everything he's doing at this moment in time, uh, and it's paying off in ring as in story. Uh, really, really good stuff. Right. You know, if that is it for him, then, you know, he's given all he can, you know. Uh, but we'll move on. It's not all from us. We've got last episode of NXT UK, July 27th, uh, 21st, sorry. We start with Viola Dawn versus Fallon Henley. Fallon Shook and cracked her with a few early match forearm strikes but the merciless dawn rallied by Yankee Henley's hair and slamming her face first into the canvas after a brief rally by Henley who floored her foe with a clothesline dawn chucked Henley throat first in the bottom rope and planted her in a mat for the free count uh, but I also chatted out in this match oh look dawn doing taker's eyes <laughs> <laughs> It's a great. <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, she's allowed to use it now, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not gimmick infringement, huh? You know, uh, it fits. By the way, you know, I just like everything that's weird uh, fit with this character. But uh, this is hey, this is a nice step of a competition for Henley, though. You know, because uh, I like I told you, I, I kind of view Aladon in the upper tier of this division, so. Uh, I thought it was a, kind of a little bit of a test to see what Henley can do, and I thought she showed, you know, good fire and put up a decent fight. But you know, we like I said, we know what Don brings to the table, and I, I'm happy that you know they went with the right result considering her status as a contender. Because 
you know, for a minute there, they were handing out victories over the NXT UK women's division a little too much. Well, I guess mostly over McKenzie. I guess that's what it is. They just feel like she can just lose and (laughs) no one will care. No one knows it's her. They just think it's just so generic. It's it's not even Miko's forgotten about her. Oh, no. Poor, 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 poor Amelia. But anyway, uh, (laughs) this was not bad. I thought it was a good start to the show. Yeah, and NXT gets one up on the Yanks, which again is is only a good thing, uh, and and as we said, could have been uh, a lot worse. And Isla Dawn, again, not involved in a feud at this moment in time, coming off a big loss, and as we've seen, this is update a couple of victories, you know, just carrying about a business at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Uh, Sarai came to the performance center and talked about how much she enjoyed United Kingdom. She accounted Miko and asked her about a match once more. Satamora agreed and told Sarai to be prepared. So we are getting Sarai, Satamora. And then Amel confronted Blair Davenport and told Davenport she would not get under the skin. Amel said she would save all of anger for Davenport in the ring. And then Dave Mastiff versus Josh Morell. Morell showed impressive grit by kicking out a pair of powerful slams, much to the shock of Mastiff. Mastiff nevertheless ended the match seconds later by landing another slam and a senton. He really shouldn't have asked for that. But he couldn't help but be impressed by Ralph on the match as he helped Morale to his feet and fist bumped him. But Monty, he's cheating on Jack and I don't like it. <laughs> you see it too, right? Yeah, I, I definitely was like, oh my goodness, he's found a new job. <laughs> found a new found a new young boy now. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, but still, uh, this Morale show, like you said, resilience, the grit or whatever you want to call it. You know, he kicked out of some stuff. And like you said, Master walked away impressed, gained a little respect. So, you know, that's cool. They obviously like Morel and maybe, you know, want to continue to establish him and uh, maybe give him some of a character as we go, as the weeks develop. We'll just see if it's anything or if this was just filler. But uh, I thought this was positive, man. It wasn't the most interesting stuff ever, but still, you know, a positive. And I immediately was on the same page with you as far as, like, I mean, what what else is Jack? <laughs> what the hell is he? He could at least manage. Uh, he could at least been, you know, like just man, just adopting a new new boy so fast. <laughs> it's it's going to be awkward. Going to give him a vest. Yeah, no, he's going to go to Jack. Jack, give me a Jack, give me a vest back. <laughs> oh my god, that'll be great. <laughs> Poor Jack. Um, but Josh also may have the most generic music ever. I think that is generic <laughs> setting one. On uh, WWE 2K. Uh, and also, he has more tape than Shuffle, which was, again, <laughs> interesting choice to do that. But um, if it's that bad, maybe don't wrestle. But No, don't fight. Yeah. <laughs> don't fight a man five times your size, I'm just saying. But slowly uh, <laughs> moving up the ladder, excuse me. Talking about people on the ladder, Shah is fucked. In an East End bookie segment, <laughs> Samuels paid out all his winning bets for Dar's loss. A long line of talent staff came to collect. Samuels said he couldn't afford f***ing and had to win the Heritage Cup back. After Dar's left, Samuels fell asleep and one final person came to collect. NXT UK manager Johnny Saint. Samuel said he had some more money in the bag, then ran away. <laughs> and Johnny Saint's reaction... Just think, Monty, that was the best reaction they filmed of Johnny Saint. <laughs> Oh my! Sometimes, sometimes when you watch, you forget that is that they have options to edit and try again. So you think it's all live? Like this is not live. It did not have to be this way. 
But Donnie was like, I'm not shooting this again. <laughs> <laughs> what a take or not. I don't like this damn sports entertainment. Back in my day, wrestlers wrestled for 60 minutes. <laughs> oh, dear. So, so yeah, Shah is in not a good place. Uh, Briggs and Jensen. Have sex with a challenge for Mark Andrews and Wild Boar. And Nina Samuels versus Amelia McKenzie. McKenzie immediately blitched Samuels with a hurricane on the floor, diving a shoulder into Samuels' midsection. McKenzie maintained that pace for most of the bout. Samuels did catch her opponent in a crafty roll-up the same way. McKenzie recently lost to Fallon Henley, but McKenzie had learned, kicked out two, and scored the win with a vicious suplex, snapping her two-match losing streak. Um... Alina might never win, but she's still one of my favourites. The example here in the <laughs> ring was not overselling. She had a close two count, and she didn't do like the Becky Lynch grab in the face, but you could just tell that she was lost her shit at that point. But again, <laughs> just so controlled, you know? Yeah, man. It's the, again, I, I, I sound like a broken record, but it's the little things, man, about, you know, it's the little things that can really stick out sometimes, and McKenzie needed this win, you know, so I, I didn't mind that. Even, and, you know, like like we mentioned before, Nina does not – she's rarely the one winning here. But, again, it, it, something has to be said about a performance and just being out there and being in the moment. And no one seems to be it, more into what they're doing right now besides, you know, in the, like you said, besides maybe a couple other people on the whole show than what Nina Samuels have going on, even when she loses. But this was, you know, I, I have no problem with it. The TV level match is something I'm kind of becoming used to. Uh, and, you know, she almost saw the star pupil, or the star pupil, or possibly the wannabe star pupil. Mm. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. Solid stuff from both. And uh, we'll give this a little bit more time. But McKenzie, something's going to have to change uh, before you know it, though. I think we both can agree there. Well, like something's going to have Something's going to give. Say so Mackenzie, if she didn't win that match when she went back to Sarai, uh, went back to Miko's dress room, they're watching TV. Sarai been told to stand in the corner because she's done so <laughs> wrong, you know. So it's lucky she's on TV time. Yeah, <laughs> you can only keep going up and down for so much, man. You know, like mm. we talked about it, you know, for weeks now. You know, she's on a nice little roll, and then the people from uh, from Two Point came over. She went back on a skid. You know, now she's. Down and then back up. So again, you know, it's something's gonna have, so have to change. But yeah, you're right on, right on the money with that. Like she lost this match. It's on a thin line. It's gonna have to get disciplined or something. I don't know how this, how it works when you're training. But yeah. Well, we see Andy Shepard sat down with the NXT United Kingdom champion Aya Dragunov and his next challenger, Wolfgang. They talked about why they respect each other. And Dragunov called Wolfgang one of the best wrestlers on the brand. Uh, Dragunov said Wolfgang is part of the group, but it'd be different when he faces Dragunov alone. Wolfgang said he lifted the responsibility of being champion off Dragunov's shoulders. Yeah, the stare down to end the segment. To be fair, at least it gives I a saint to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a big takeaway is that the fact that you said that just means you're, you're know, around the same mind state as me is that like Wolfie is cool and it's probably be a fun match, but I don't think Wolfie's a threat, unfortunately. So, uh, but, you know, this is, like you said, nice. And at least we get a title defense. It's been a little while. So uh, I think, what, has it has it been, like, since Devlin? Or has he has he fought and fought anyone since Jordan? No, not I think that was but, anybody yeah. since okay. yeah, so. so, yeah, there we go. There we go. So, yeah. Well, the main but, event of this episode, 
UK update. Sam Gradwell versus Trent Seven. Uh, Seven claimed the upper hand when he removed Gradwell's knee brace and heinously attacked the injured body part with several <laughs> wicked kicks before sealing the win by booting a thunderstorm below the belt and clovering in with a seven stars lariat. Seven continues to stop Gradwell after the match until Tyler Bates suddenly made his turn. Down through the audience and chasing Seven from the ring. Seven immediately jumped out the square circle, tumbled over the barricade for, for the exit and the laser focus bait. And the Panic Seven locked eyes as NXT UK concluded. Uh, before we got to bait, I don't know about you, but Sam as a baby, for me, is just is missing something. I don't know if it's a knee brace, Hampton, but he sold it so well in that. But yeah. I just him going around calling people yogurts. He's just, he's, he's just WWE babyface, bit bland. Yeah, I'm say yeah. It, you, know? no, you didn't want to say it. I no. knew it, but yeah. And it, it, it seems like they're starting to, you know, do that, 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 that thing they do, like they take everything that that was so cool, and that kind of started to get him over when he was supposed to be a heel. They take that and they just ruin it, you know. And uh, I hope that as time goes on, he doesn't just just become a bland babyface. You can just plug in to come make a uh, make a heel you want to make look good, you know, look good. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens when it comes to him. Uh, I know he's your guy, so. Uh, I, but I do know also this, the result here was not really yeah. a question. Uh, now it was nice to see though, like just how brutal this new version, how vicious this new version of uh, the trick can be. He's really going for Kenny Williams' nickname, by the way, uh, with a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. he's doing. Like that's the thing about Kenny having that nickname is like he he has to fight for that title <laughs> on a monthly basis, weekly basis, I guess, in wrestling right now. But anyway. Uh, yeah, this was this uh, bait coming out, man, had me really, really pumped. I love the intensity there because that's what you expect after all of the stuff that Trent, not only what he did, but the way he's been talking and what he's been doing since. So biggest feud of the show. He doesn't even have a title attached to it. So I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to the next batch, man. We have title matches coming up. So, yeah, this is not, not a bad place for NXT UK uh, in most regards. Like, I think everything is moving along at a nice logical pace, which is what I, I, I get spoiled with a lot when it comes to that pacing. So that's always compliment about reviewing NXT UK is the pacing. Yeah, I think we had that. Like I said, good to see Hill Trent. Trent's shots were impressive, but that suicide dive by Trent looked awesome. Sam Gradwell both collected. <laughs> and like I said, on the next update, we're going to see more from Trent and Bate, uh, Isla versus Wolfie, and Miko versus Sarai, hopefully. But yeah, stuff this month. Uh, we'll move on to news. Now, NXT UK um, do do tapings, and say do-do. Now, don't usually talk about spoilers, but it's up to you, Monty, if you want a spoiler about NXT UK or not. Let's do it. Well, <laughs> it's a big one. Okay. Ilya Dragunov is no longer the NXT UK champion. Wow. He has vacated it due to an injury, it seems, at the latest round of Uh, tapings. Yeah, okay. And a tournament will be set to uh, to find out who the new champion is. The tournament will feature people like Tyler Bate, Mark Coffey, Trent Seven, and Oliver Carter, uh, Dragunov had been NXT champion for 360 
15 days. They have recorded his match against Wolfgang. It seems that Dragunov will do it. Uh, There's a lot of rumours going around that this might not be injury-related. It's more storyline or even away. Because we've not really talked about this. Ear Dragunov being a Russian athlete. And everything that's going on at the moment, being head of the brand, might not be the best decision. It's big news, though. Uh, It is big news. Yeah, I heard rumors about it, and I, I saw that that's what was going on. I was waiting to see if anything official was going to happen. But of course, I, you know, once I found out, I just really didn't know. This is really me finding it out being official. I heard rumors about the injury or possible injury or something like that. So, But that's my first time hearing about it being, uh, you know, possibly a political type of thing. But that makes sense, too, though. Like you said, with the current state of everything, but uh, man, it's really unfortunate though because I think even though he had it for a while, uh, I don't think because of everything that's been going on, he's had a chance to you know other than really the Jordan Devlin feud and you know a couple of his matches that have been incredible. Uh, I don't know if his he had the reign that we probably was hoping for after uh, you know Volta's you know reign, but. I don't know. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. I don't really know. It's hard. You know, I'm trying. I'm literally processing this as we record. But <laughs> this is a this is some cra- like you said, big news, big time news here. And uh, it's uh, yeah, man, a new champion. I am excited to see where they where what direction do we want to go in next? Because again, we talked about this. <laughs> oh no, no, oh no, <laughs> no, no, luck. <laughs> Oh no! Please don't. But <laughs> but uh, what, what I wanted to say there was that it'd be interesting to see where they decide to go next because we talked about this plenty of times now. The NXT UK title is that it doesn't it's not one that's passed around. So uh, who will get the nod and you know what how it'll be done? I can't wait to see that. So that's another thing to look forward to. But man, unfortunate stuff right there with dragging off not being the champion. Well, we'll find out, like I said, more information on the next update. So it does mean on this update it's been pretty rough, seeing as we've had new tag champs that has had his title taken and now the news about Aya. But thank God we still have Miko Satamora for uh, NXT UK next month. Uh, just a note on Wrestling Entertainment Series. You know the promotion, the Authors of Pain, said they were going to sell out uh, Nottingham with a 15,000 arena. Ah. Well, they mm-hmm. said, dear fans and followers, unfortunately, we will have to cancel the event scheduled for Saturday at the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. We are deeply disappointed in the news that we share, but with so many ta- not talent not showing up, we will have no choice but to cancel the event. Our team worked so hard on this day out for the fans to come with a different type of wrestling. I believe we will still be able to show that in the near future. We do want to say that all our talent was scheduled to have been paid in full and that Lena Fernie was paid a deposit as well as a change her mind. Didn't want to show up and wrestle anymore. That's a form of Jax. Uh, for now, we have to apologise for this, but promise you this is not the end here. See you soon, Team WES. They should put PS, it really is the end. Uh, we, we've been following this story, Monty, and this is why wrestling promoters are usually full of shit. <laughs> To blame yeah. the talent. Literally, right, right. Thanks for just, right. Just like, I couldn't believe that when I saw that statement that they literally said her government, like, it was just, every, it just, like, ah, oh, it's all on you. It's all on them. You know, nothing. 
nothing to do with anything else. You know, um, it was, yeah, what a mess. What a, yeah, it was just a mess. And like you said, it's the reason why promoters, a lot of them, the janky promoters out here, just get a lot of their, their reputation or they get a lot of that, that slurring. A lot of people slur promoters for reasons just like this. Perfect example of it, textbook. Sad stuff to see, really, though, because you hate to see that stuff still going on. But and they, they had they were proud about it, you know, put the statement out with, the, with her name, government, and all that. And just I guess they thought everyone was gonna take their side. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it's one of the craziest news stories that we've heard. I thought there's never gonna be a way they're gonna do it. They've been shafting talent, you know, even people like Diana Perazzo and a lot of impact talent. I've said it's kind of been a joke, uh, and it's just it's just crazy. It still happens in 2022. That's just right. That yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in this age, uh, we also have a bit of injury news. Uh, talking about one of NXT 2.0's hottest talents have been sidelined, according to his Twitter account, Nathan Frazier, who has been in recent weeks tweeted dealing with a little injury right now. But I'll be back before you know it. And then, like I said, the big news. Talk about the elephant in the room, as we will now. Uh, it was announced yesterday that long-time WWE chairman and CEO Vincent Mann is retiring from the company. Tweeted, at 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together, uh, hashtag thankful. Uh, Vincent Mann has gone, of course, purchased the company from his father in 1982, and the rest, as they say, is history. He made a statement uh, that says Stephanie McMahon and current WWE President Nick Khan will take over as co-CEOs. Stephanie will also serve as chairwoman. This comes off last month as he announced he was temporarily stepping down because of the Wall Street jerk and the investigation into him paying $3 million to a former paralegal. Of course, he reportedly paid uh, another $7.5 million in the 2018 settlement. Someone else received $1 million payment in 2008 uh, when she showed the company new photos of a man sent her and led to sexually harassed for a job. In 2006, a man paid $1 million to a woman who was a former W manager. Uh, and further information regarding McMahon's alleged affair was uncovered as well. Uh, McMahon gave her like a toy to head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis. Uh, Monty, this is just crazy. I, I just can't put it into words because I would have <laughs> thought when Vincent Mann, I would never thought he'd retired, first and foremost, but when he did, right. we could do a podcast celebrating the kind of the man right? and the genius that was. But right now, I honestly don't know what to think. I, I don't blame you for this. It's like, it's hard. How could you? It was something simple, similar to watching uh, SmackDown after the announcement and even with the opening segment and it's just like in the statement and giving thanks. And I'm like, uh, okay, I, all right. He did. He definitely is Vince McMahon. We know what he's done. We know what he's responsible for when it comes to that business. And so I get them wanting to do something on television, but come on, let's not, let's not, come on now. Let's not invoke. Thank you, Vince chance and all that type of stuff right now. Like the timing of, but I understand why it needed to happen because this is being viewed as this is legitimately something a day that most of us never thought we'd ever see coming up when him announcing it and the way he did it too on Twitter. 
Would you ever think that? Did you ever think Vince McMahon's announcement of, of retirement would be in a Twitter post, and then, you know everything would be clarified better on another site? That's, but like, that's, it, that's, like that's an excellent crazy. point. It'd be me like tagging you guys and being like, "Pod's over." Hashtag yeah. WNRL. <laughs> thankful, <laughs> thankful for all the. Thanks for the bye, bumps. guys. Yeah. Jesus, you got to laugh, like. But yeah, like, yeah, how do you process it otherwise? Like, you know. It, 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 exactly. How do you? So, like, I understand. On one hand, I, I'm, 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 I understand all of the. Yes, he did this. He did that. He's the, you know, part of the reason that why, uh, you know. Everyone enjoys professional wrestling, whatever. All of that, keep it all you want. But it's just, you cannot ignore, we cannot ignore the facts of this situation. Him highlighting at 77 was so laughable to me because it's just like, Vince, come on, man. Like, really not? You just realized you're 77 today? <laughs> it wasn't when you couldn't take the stunner anymore a few months ago and when you was in the ring at WrestleMania? Like, come on, it's just hard for me to believe you all of a sudden woke up and now this is the way you want to, you know, walk off. We know what this is about. So I had to kind of keep myself grounded. I think I've thought more over it other than my initial reaction. My initial reaction was very raw, you know, and I don't know. But this reaction now, when I give it all the thoughts, all of my thoughts to this situation, it is just a mind-blowing thing, a mind-blowing few months, too. Like, ever since that Monday Night Raw when Sasha and Naomi walked out, can you just like think about everything that's happened since then? Just from from a WWE perspective, not even with the NAF and all the other stuff going on outside. So it's just crazy, and all the shifts, you know, Triple H and talent relations, possibly, and having Nick Khan and Stephanie as double C. Oh, like it, it, it's all there. But he also mentioned in his statement that he, he remains to be a majority shareholder. Yes. So he will that that. That line stuck out to me where it's like, okay, he made he's still the majority shareholder. So it's hard for me to believe he's completely out, completely done, like done, retired, done. He's going to uh, I don't know where people go for retirement now, but uh, you know, Cancun, Florida, whatever. He's gone. He's on vacation. The, the gorilla position. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So it, I, but again, I thought that honestly, and I'm not saying this as joking, like like he mentioned this all the time. He not never going to retire. So I thought that would be the place that, that he would mm. retire. Meaning he would just literally never leave that chair. But so I don't know, man. It's really, really, really weird because I'm of two minds. But I have to be mindful that there's more things going on. So I am wondering, is this a silent like retirement? Is this just the character of Vince McMahon like that we've seen on television who tortures Austin? Is he retired? Well, and the Vince McMahon, the creator person, is still pulling strings? Or... What is going on here? So I am, I do have questions, but you know, Vince McMahon retired. Man, I never thought I'd be. I don't. I just didn't know. You know, you know. I don't think anyone saw that result come. Well, I think the thing is, is that you know, I don't think anybody, especially myself, of doing a Vince McMahon as opposed to, you know, he's the guy that did a Chris Benoit tribute episode of Raw and then found out what happened, you know, afterwards. So, again, we still don't know what's going to come out of Vincent Mann. And then the kind of rumours last night about Brock Lesnar walking out of SmackDown because he didn't know about Vincent Mann retiring. And, you know, it's just kind of like, obviously he came back and, you know, what's going to happen Mm -hmm. now and even the changes, it won't change now. It's even the kind of Triple H of, I'm back a couple of days ago. Just right. So what? <laughs> like, there's so much more <laughs> like, kind of going on 
Now, yeah, know, like even him being back in talent, like yeah, he got Daryl Lornard's job, but they're not changing their hiring practices back to wanting the talent that Triple H used to get. So, what does this even mean? Seriously, yeah. like what does this what does, what's going to change? So, it, it really makes you wonder. And then, like I said, with him back and back like this, it also made me wonder: is it more? Like, is it more stuff coming out negatively against mm-hmm. this? Like, I, I, now that's what I have been hearing. People are. Still investigating and trying to contact former employees and all that. So with that in mind, it really just looked like looked like okay, I'm gonna fall back because this is only gonna make the brand of WWE look bad. Yeah. But if I can fall back, at least I'll take the brunt of it. But I don't know; that may not be the case either. Yeah, but then again, you know, especially in the UK, we had Jimmy Savile, you know, and all that kind of stuff about all the, you know, what allegedly eventually. Yeah. Everything comes out. And the question is about, oh, you know, he's no longer CEO, but majority shareholder. What about creative? Well, apparently he sent a letter out to all WWE superstars saying, as I approach 77 years old, oh, my God, I'm really that old. I feel it's time for me to retire. I fully enjoy sharing my passion, wisdom, and love of the best for you. No longer will see the smiling, docile, level of the calm presence at Gorilla every week. Your dedication to WWE ensure the company will continue to grow in proper organization. There's nothing... Are you a WWE's natural source chosen to perform in front of a global audience? You are all global ambassadors. Um, it's just, it seems, like I said, so weird. And how apt as well. It's almost like they, Vincent Mann knew. Because to have that interaction with Stone Cold yeah. at WrestleMania, which is probably the last time we ever That's get to true. see him. You know, it's wow, just... Wow, I didn't think about that. It's, you know, it's, it's all kind of... Did they? Did they know? And now he's gonna. There is no way, though, he's gonna go quietly into the sunset. It's it's again. Right. I've said it for, it's Vincent Man. It's Vincent. And then right. and the other thing that annoyed me, I will say, because it wouldn't be a podcast about me having to go to Tony Khan, was his tweet uh, about being the longest running CEO of a wrestling company. Now, <laughs> it's like you're such a fucking mark. It is unbelievable. Um, and again, once the Coke stories come out about Tony Khan in a few years' time, that's going to be saying else as well. Uh, but it's just crazy time in wrestling. I honestly thought, Monty, when I started the pod, this is the reason why you start a podcast. You know, it's like, <laughs> something like this happened. It, I'm not... It is. It really is. Yeah. You know? I agree. You know, I was trying to go through some old clips on my podcast and just try to upload some some content. And I was listening to this segment uh, when back when, when Keith Lee was still in WWE, and I was just like, you know, this was only like seven months ago, <laughs> seven to eight months ago. Like this feels like I'm talking about <laughs> a decade ago almost. That's just how much has changed. So, yeah, man, I, it's just been a whirlwind. And I, I, like I said, I figured I, I'm literally saying when the initial accusations and everything come out came out that if Vince McMahon, if this lingers. This something's gonna have to change, and as the weeks have went by, especially in American headlines over here, when it comes to Vince, I've only heard more and more. So mm. since it did not go away immediately, it kind of took away from the whole shockness of a retire. It was still shocking the way it was done, but I kind of saw something having to change. Not not necessarily thinking it was gonna be like this, but I definitely knew something was gonna have to change if a lot of the bad press just continued to persist. Well, the thing is, well, even I got asked this by a few friends because they saw the news. Cause it was on the BBC main channels, like main mm-hmm. of Vince McMahon, of a wrestling promotion. And yeah. even a few friends said, well, what's 
done here? Is there anything more to the story? Because even we kind of, you know, the details aren't kind of as out as they're here in America. But this I is had still my... Vincent Mann, you know, like. Yeah, my 70 year old grandfather's asking, Did you hear about McMahon? <laughs> <laughs> you hear what happened? Is McMahon is he still doing that stuff or is he getting in some trouble? I'm like, Well, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just, I'm in the, I got the same information you have, pops. <laughs> it, it is so weird. Like I said, we'll try. Like I said, even trying to, you know, we'll talk more about it. It's just our reactions, basically, at this moment in time, until we know more. We'll see what Jackson and Gina think. Of course, next week, I'm sure Jaxie will be really happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But we've still got a lot more to go because we've got four episodes of NXT and the Great American Bash still to come. So we're going to get straight into that now, June 21st. We start with Solar Sokoa to Grayson Waller. Um, I mean, these both would be 50-50 booking at best. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. what the hell? And then Solo wants to be um, Solo, or Solo, he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my pleasure. <laughs> that's, that's my most pleasure. Come on, I'll stop whilst I'm watching it. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. You, Celia, Leah, and the Valentina Ferraz come up short. First, the Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Wesley talked about his pain and need to prove himself. Trims interrupted to mock him for leaving his tag partner. Refused a match with him. We then see Tiffany Stratton called out Wendy True. Uh, Chu calling her tragic and promised to ruin her. Uh, Workroom Wild and Cruz Del Toro versus Strong and Damon Kemp. Miscommunication cost Legado with the family at ringside. Mandy Rose, Gigi Jones, Jason Jane called Perez Jane. Well, win last week a fluke. President Jane interrupts his challenge. Talk tragic for the NXT Women's Tag Titles. Chance and Carter took offence, beginning a brawl between the teams. Cameron Grimes beat Edris Anoffi. Another side to Grimes in this one. I think Edris, though, has that star quality, so it will mean he'll probably be released next month, won't it? <laughs> That's a good point. You know, uh, I like Edris too, man. I think. We mentioned this before, like he shined in tag matches when he had a chance. So, uh, in his tag matches, so uh, I think he showed out here. You know, looked great in defeat, and uh, you know, Grimes motivating him after I thought was uh, was a nice little touch too because uh, you know making people better along the way right now seems to be uh, you know along the way to his shot to break it wasn't bad for me. I was like, ah, why not? So it was a pretty fun match to watch. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Idris has potential, but that doesn't mean he has potential in WWE. <laughs> well, Von Wagner beat Brooks Jensen. I hate all involved. Um, do you know what, though? I think they're grooming Wagner to beat Bron. I think we're seeing that here. Alba Fire beat Lash Legend by... Don't Jesus. mention it. Well, I know. Got to be careful. Another thing I don't want to mash and mention is Alba Fire beating Lash Legend by DQ and possibly the former basketball stars. Yeah. Best match of her career. But then again... That's not really saying much. Wade did his best to explain why being good at basketball. Yeah, okay, Wade. Uh, main event, North American title. <laughs> Carmella Hayes versus Tony D. Um, two, two, D, D uh, Tony two times was released three weeks ago, but he was still there, I think. The Angel family tried to get involved, and Trick Williams realised he was outmatched. The distraction allowed Tony D to take Hayes. But all that mattered most was Santa pass brass knuckles to Mello, who used them to win. Uh, and I don't know about you, but Mello does so many things right. 
Tony D, I think, when he's in there with like a super worker, can actually deliver. Yes, I think I think he showed showed that with Champa and here, here, like you said, here with Melo. Uh, when you have someone who can go into that gear, it, it pulls the best out of D'Angelo. He may not be quite ready to lead, but he can follow someone who knows uh, someone who knows what they're doing. And this is just like another great main event for Melo. He's racking them up, and uh, you know I like the continued defiance too from Escobar. You know, just because I was I'm, I'm forced to be in your family does not mean I have to you know, do what you say until you make them. So I have no problem with that. So it made a lot of sense in the store. The champ retained. So this is fine, man. Great way to wrap up the show. So had no problem with it. Yeah, I mean, Hayes hasn't put a foot wrong all year. And he's been a 2.0 as well, which is saying something. And Santos, like I said, is great, even when he doesn't wrestle. Uh, June 28th, normal contender ship match. Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez versus contender Chance and Caden Carter. Jade say Perez from Elevated 450 Splash. Setting up Prez to hit Pop Rocks for the win. We then see Giovanni Vinci making short work of Ikaminjiro. His Fingball DDT did get a holy shit, but his Walter-esque chop and powerbomb finish was impressive as well. But again, we've never argued about Fabian Eichner being a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah. I think this, that was the one thing we knew, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Grayson yeah. Waller asked for Kamal Hayes' signature and a variety of merchandise, getting him to sign a contract for a title match without his knowledge. Now, this has probably been done before, but again, it shows you kind of Waller's kind of hill thinking and Hayes' arrogance uh, in there mm-hmm. as well. I uh, loved it. NXT UK was mentioned. Unfortunately, it reminded us that the uh, Brooks and Jensen uh, <laughs> Brooks and Jensen win the titles, but... Pretty deadly saved the segment, yes boy, by mocking them, starting mm-hmm. to fight at the end of the title holders, standing tall, but pretty deadly defending the honours of the titles. But my question is, why is WWE interested in destroying the legacy of the NXT UK tag titles? Let's just take a little <laughs> look back, right? So we start off with our very okay. first champions, Grizzled Young Vets, right? And as mm. we know, it's not going to look good by the end of this update. I'm just saying... <laughs> Schism, huh? Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Well, we talked about Flash Morgan not being around, and Andrews now teaming with uh, Wild Boar. Yeah, all right. Mm, Gallus. Gallus as a group is still around. I mean, not wrestling as tags anymore, but going for individual gold, so I might let Mm -hmm. them off. Pretty Deadly are now facing Brooks and Jensen. Uh, We'll see what happens. Mustache Mountain have, of course, been destroyed <laughs> since all this happened. <laughs> Smith and Carter injured out for injured. the year. Yeah, and then these two schmucks. Why? Why, when we started so promising, would they look to destroy it? <sighs> Seems like it's a consorted effort, man. I didn't realize it was so widespread. I thought it was just the act of giving Brooks and Jensen the belt at first. But after that explanation, I mean, they've, it's been methodical. <laughs> they have. They've taken everything from me. They really have. Um, Indy Hartwell dominated Keanu James. Uh, but Mr. Diver and Elbow Lane James stack up and get a feet on the ropes instead of three count. Uh, Indy will be seeing Dexter soon, one way or the other. Uh, Tony D had to send two dimes to sleep with the fishes. Uh, he got a call from Santos, who made fun of him. So that's one way of... How should we write him off? 
Throw him off a bridge. Yeah, fair enough. That work. Yeah. <laughs> Diamond Mine versus Joe Gacy in the Dyad. Simple I mean, enough. the Dyad looks like idiots in a, in a yeah. serious situation in the ring. It's just so hard to take them seriously. Fucking hoods. How can you? Please. <laughs> Even Kendo Nagasaki back in the day wasn't as embarrassing <laughs> as kind of what we're seeing here. Um, Creed got the hot tag. Strong force of blind tag and argues leaving the dyad hitting him with the elevated impact DDT to win. So the dickheads in the fucking road. You <laughs> can't even see you. <laughs> oh my god, the Crees and Strongs argue backstage. <sighs> Strong challenger to a match against Damon Kemp next week. Zahn Quinn attacks Sanger from behind during his entrance and the two brawled. Uh, Quinn clearly bit off more than he could chew and took a massive choke slam to seal the loss. You can see why the main roster wants both of them, though. <laughs> and I don't mind Sanger. Nice pants. <laughs> give something for the men, give something for the ladies. You know, I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad he got off the bronze Strowman feet, though. You yeah. know. Do you think they said, you're looking like something. Who do you look like? <laughs> Oh, that's it. It reminds me of somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nikita Lyons made her uh, well, long-awaited return, I think it would say, against Mandy Rose. Uh, she got back up for a Rose dropkick. Gigi Jan and Jane ran to the ring. The next women's tag team calls a DQ. Um, Lyons didn't win, uh, but, you know, we talk about being... Tre- she didn't win the breakout tournament, but she's been treated as such. We let know J.D. Mm-hmm. McDonough, 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 who is coming. I mean, <laughs> what a silly name, you know. What what can we say about that? And then um, yeah. Wade Barrett hosted a face-off between Bron and Grimes before the Great American Bash. Things got heated and Grimes sent the heart into the turnbuckle, breaking the top rope with Breaker's shoulder. Uh, Grimes does give 100% every time. Uh, showing how good he is. And then we move on to the Great American Bash, July 5th. And we get, of course, an opening video in a cookout hosted by Henley, Brooks and Jensen. I keep saying Brooks and Jensen, but it's actually Briggs and Jensen. But it's so generic, it actually doesn't matter. So I might just call the team Brooks Jensen and see if anybody actually notices. Um, Ooh, I never corrected you. Yeah, I know. Because it, it does not matter. I don't... It's really. If I get one email about that, I will be impressed by that person. <laughs> It'd probably be from Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs going, "Look, guys, if you're going to say our name, um, they talk about the event upcoming and sang and recalls Cannonball and Duke was at least fun. If you're not going to treat them like serious talent, they at least have a water fight um, inside the yeah. arena. Monty, <laughs> the setting. I've talked about settings. What's the one thing? That pissed me off straight away about that NXT arena and ring. What do, what do you think it is? The Great American Bash. And they didn't even bother to have red, white, and blue ropes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no ropes. No. Just yeah. Blue ropes. If you can't I, be bothered, I have hot dogs. I can't have hot dogs. Yeah, I cannot. If you're not going to try, <laughs> I'm not going to try. Um, the... <laughs> The NXT Women's Tag Titles, Toxic Attraction versus Cora Jade and Perez did start the show. Looks like Toxic did not 
Looked like they had an answer for Jade and Perez. Rose got thrown out when she pulled the referee out of the ring. Jade knocked JC Jane out of the way. Perez hit Pop Rocks and Gigi Jolin to win. And your new uh, tag team champions, not at the moment, but Roxanne, Perez and Cora Jade. Um, I will say, let's forget about what happened after. Let's just talk about this match. They're called Team 2001, which makes me feel old as shit. Because they never live yes. in a WCW world. Uh, what do you think of your new <laughs> tag team champions, anyway? <laughs> oh, my God. What a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Put things in perspective. And I'm not much older than them, by the way. But, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's tough. Team 2001. Man. Uh, but, yeah. The match, solid stuff. I had no problem with it. Good tag team wrestling. It made a lot of sense. I didn't uh, – we talked about this before uh, – that in this case, Toxic Attraction has been someone that needed to uh, be dethroned for a while at this point. So it made sense. Uh, it felt familiar uh, until the finish, honestly, because usually most of their matches go this way. I must say, though, they could have came up with a more creative way to get Mandy kicked out. Like, did she think she wasn't going to get kicked out from pulling the referee? Like, how, how did she think she was going to explain that one? Was always she was trying to explain it, and I really want to know what the hell did she think? What was she gonna try? What could she say? But uh, you know, Roxy and Gigi were the better of the four women here, in my opinion. I think they were a little bit smoother, but I thought everyone looked fine, and uh, and everyone was solid. So this was good, man, and I didn't mind that result either. Uh, yeah, I think like that. I think Toxic do deserve a chance on the main roster as you wait for that tourney for the tag titles. Remember that. That is going to come. Uh, but NXT <laughs> in itself, the future is bright. I mean, if we look at it, uh, JC Jane's 26, GG's 25, Cora J 21, Perez 20. I mean, Katie Ray, uh, Alba Fire, is only 29, oh, yeah. and she still's like been around for decades. Mandy Rhodes is past it at 31. But uh, we do have quite a strong women's division building if they use the right wrestlers, i.e. most NXT UK guys as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's a little top heavy right now, <laughs> but but uh, it's definitely uh, a foundation being built. Yeah, I say that. You know, it's a lot of people who need need work, but it's also a lot of uh, you know, like you said, right at the top, they're like they're set for the future, and you can tell that these ladies, a lot of them, possibly will be a part of that future going forward, especially those top tier uh, group of ladies that you just mentioned. And yeah, I think. Uh, if you mix in some more NXT UK talent, possibly, or even just, you know, give some of the uh, greener talent more time to develop. Uh, so, you know, I think it's a lot of potential going forward in the women's division. And these four in this ring and for this uh, title match are going to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, well, Tony D yells at Legado, saying that only Electra Lopez has done well. What the fuck has she done? He just lied. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, like, what that's so, oh my different? god, thank you. Like, you, did you? I was like, did they do something online that I missed? Like, what, 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 what did she do with the shipments? Like, what, what? How is she bringing in this extra capital? <laughs> like, nothing that was explained there. But uh, apparently, she's great. She's doing a great job. Yeah. One more chance to impress them. Uh, the implication that Santa has been taken out. Uh, pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Promise to beat down Briggs and Jensen soon. They talk about Essex. I'll just let you know from an English perspective, and if it upsets anybody, I apologise. Essex is a shithole, all right? Wade said it best. 
comparing it to Jersey Shore. They got Towie, which is the only way is Essex, which is just horrible. Anyway, moving on. I think I thank you for that. It's just like uh, earlier when Fallon was talking about uh, British food. I have no reference. Like I thought maybe she was serious that the food was good. Then here you come. Ah, oh, no, she's lying. Right. No, um, our food is mainly McDonald's. We have lines for McDonald's. Uh, I kid you not. People actually the the drive through has so many cars waiting, and I think. There we go. That is English cuisine right there. So, I mean, it might be okay. different. You know, Americans listening go, what are we that, that's it. You know, that and tea. Tea's the only thing, really. McDonald's and tea. <laughs> tea. Cup of tea is the only thing. We, you have coffee, we have tea. Right. Tea, yeah. <laughs> anyway, gotcha. back to 2.0. Uh, Trick Willie the Greatest took on Wesley. Uh, it's always good. <laughs> When you try and become the greatest professional athlete of all time, <laughs> try and copy that. It's going to work well for you. Uh, but Trickley blinded Wesley with rubbing alcohol. <laughs> do you know the thing I love about rubbing alcohol? JR used to do it back in the day, and I'm sure Vic did. Is when they do it in the ring, and they're like, you know, 30 metres away, and they go, you smell that, Wade? I, the smell! I think it smells of rubbing alcohol. <laughs> 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 Your nostrils, how are you picking that up? I know they can smell it, the refs. <laughs> the ref doesn't, the... but the commentators do. The ref can't see, smell, hear, but like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, and they're experts. That, that smells like, I remember JR doing it once, but he, oh, I know what that is. Ether, yeah. Ether, Ether. What? what? What are you talking about? How, How do you know the smell of ether? He's <laughs> <laughs> on your Christmas list. Uh, I want some cookies and some ether. That's <laughs> Anyway, we see why Trick hasn't wrestled. This was the reason he did get the win. Uh, he's saying Trick would like Heritage Cup rules when you think about it because you could wrestle round system. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Hayes. Well, Hayes was channeling Shah as a corner man in this as well. So, you know, it would be interesting, I think, to see those two teams going at it. Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu. Uh, Chu caught Stratton backstage to start the brawl. Well, they gave Chu an early edge. She wasn't overwhelmed by the buff barbie. You hit with a corkscrew sentence out of the corner to win. Uh, this had a little bit of a bite to it, I thought, with Tiffany looking good and taking a few stiff ones. Yeah, uh... I must say though, it cracked me up that this started with a brawl. Cause I was like, "What the hell kind of heat did this feud magically get <laughs> for a brawl to start it off?" Like I understood that they they thought they uh, they thought each other were was annoying, but <laughs> they it was that intense. But they were definitely intense in this match, and I thought it was a good showcase about what both ladies could do. Uh, you know, Stratton is definitely like I mentioned before, growing on me, and I think you can even see the flashes of the potential. I actually prefer her over who I think management prefers, which is Lions, but I actually will take Stratton uh, long-term. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I think I see the potential there. But honestly, uh, I think Chu is good also if you can get past, you know, some of the character stuff. So this was a good contest, I think, for both ladies uh, overall, if you looked at just taking account what they actually accomplished here. So it wasn't bad. Yeah, I think Wendy can do whatever is needed. I think we've seen that in the two yeah. most recent characters. Uh, we then see Bron Baker warming up. Cameron Grimes comes in and says he'll do whatever it takes to win the title and break resistance. The shoulder is fine. 
Apollo Crews came out to discuss what it means to finally be in NXT. Giovanni Vinci came to challenge him to match next week, giving him seven days to give his kid an excuse for why he lost. Oh, great. Cruz is back to put over you know, like, what's it? What is it? I don't know. Up next, though, again, saving the show, Carmella Hayes, NXT North American champion, put her on the line against Grayson Waller. Melo got a special instruction with dramatic music and trick putting them over from the stage made them. I was like, <laughs> yes. Get, honestly, Shar and Dar versus Melo and Williams is a match yes. that I want to see more than any. These two guys. I love it. It really looking at the moment. Um, Hayes and Waller both feigned a handshake to start the match, but instead went for cheap shots. Set the tone for a match where both were glad to take any shortcut. Trick played his role well in distraction. Waller enough for Mello to hit a diving axe kick that won the match because, of course, Mello don't miss. And I don't know about you, I've really got young MVP vibes as well from the confidence from Mello. I agree. I Um, definitely can see that influence. Yeah. This is probably the best singles match of Waller's career. Uh, Again, really Mm -hmm. surprising how good this was. They worked really well together, man. You would think they've done this. Plenty of time they probably have, but like watching them here, man, they had great. It was just so smooth. They had a great uh, repertoire with each other, and it just kind of worked nice. Everything they tried was so fluid, and they showcased their, their athleticism, the creativity. I talk a lot of crap about Waller, but I definitely came around to him in the ring. I know he can bring it there. Uh, so, you know, I thought they worked really well together. So this was an excellent title match. And the finish, I thought, was well done because it made sense of what happened early in the night. And uh, the way it kind of would like end up in the reversal, the reversal of Waller's finisher that set up Carmelo is just so perfect, just flowed well. Uh, so I had no, I had no problem with this at all. Like I said, Hayes is the man. He felt like the man, and I, I really, really uh, enjoyed all most of everything that Carmelo does as North American champion. Like I said, he's pretty much hit it out the park. But when you bring up Noam Dar's shot versus him and Trick, it really made me just in my mind for a second there, fantasy book. Like, why why, why in the hell are they, they haven't already been doing just joint? Uh, like, once a year, NXT UK and versus NXT mm. 2.0 or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, why why did they never do that? Just like a, just like a one-off show every year where they just – like, you, it's not a forbidden door. No, we did, <laughs> you know no, we did have Wells Collide. I know they had – which Yeah, uh, I know they did that. That Which was is like the... Mustache Mountain versus... I mean, that's how long ago it was. Mustache Mountain versus right? DIY. So that's how long ago. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, I feel like they should do something like this annually because, again, it would put eyes on a lot of these people. Like, people would have more of an idea of J.D. Madonna already. I mean, some of them probably already do. They remember when he was there on NXT as Jordan Devlin a couple of times. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel like it, it could be beneficial for both sides, especially in the current state. But, hey, whatever. You know, world's collide. Bring it back. Why not? Yeah. I completely agree with you. As Zion Quinn says he's the future, Ivy Nile fired up Diamond Mind, and Chase U are going to London. But the NXT tag titles on the line next with the Creed Brothers versus Roger Shock and Damon Kent. Strong played Judas and Brutus by aggravating them while letting Damon Kent take the punishment for his team. However, Judas got rolling and forced Strong to tap out. Uh, tag out, sorry. Allowing Kemp to take a low close on that allowed the Crees to retain uh this was fine but you could tell strong was helping <laughs> he's helped all three develop but he was working his ass off in this match <laughs> shouting out instructions 
Yes. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, you could just tell he was leading it and just trying to, um, you know, lead Kemp along. Also, you know, again, like you said, just yelling out and doing a great job of carrying everyone to a, you know, a solid to really good match in in my opinion. wasn't wasn't necessarily the um, most. wasn't I've seen the Creeds do better, and I've definitely seen Strong be a part of better. But like you said, as someone who was kind of carrying them all along the way, I thought he did a good job in that position. And uh, I don't know if this – I was hoping this was a fitting conclusion to this story because I felt like this Diamond Man, whether or not they're going to implode or whether or not they're going to come together, was going a little bit too long. But Roddy's body language at the end made me a little unsure. So just wait it out. But this was not bad at all. Decent stuff. Well, we then see a new wrestler named Axiom. Oh, yes. I have questions. Then you're over in a room filled with equations as action reveals they were bullied as a child for being intelligent and decided to fight back. They talked about how wrestling is just about physics. Mind and body work together to take them to hmm. new heights. We all know what gets kids in wrestlers is their ability to handle physics. Is is one of these <laughs> one of these things. I remember a being point. a kid and seeing the Untaker and thinking, oh, good. With, with Matt yeah, Matt, Matt Stryker was yes. obviously one of the most popular wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, ever, Chris, Chris Lewinsky isn't going to the Hall of Fame next year, I think. Like, yeah. yeah. It looks like they are repackaging A-Kid, who of course yes. was called up. Uh, and they've given him the new Sin Cara look. There's already people calling gimmick infringement on Twitter for mm-hmm. how he looked, which again, pretty true to the case. And the other thing, a high flyer. Yes, he's small in, in a way, but I wouldn't say Aiken yeah. is known for his high flyer. He's very technical, man. Technical, you know, like yeah. said, the equations were put together, but to repackage <laughs> him as a superhero uh, doesn't make a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, man, you made my day because that's really what I was wondering. I knew immediately. I was like, hold up, I recognize that voice. Oh, silhouette, that's definitely Aiken. Yep, and then once he just continued to explain, I really just immediately was interested. How did you feel about them slapping a mask on? You know, slapping a mask on him, giving him the the the. I guess you can say the Sin Cara lights looking gear or whatever. But it, you know, I, I I'm I'm willing to give it a shot because I know as a performer what he can bring to the table. But whether or not it'll be good for him long term. Uh yeah, man, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I feel bad for him though, especially when I compare his presentation or how they seem to feel about Nathan Frazier by comparison to A-Kid, who I don't think they're that far away quality-wise in the ring, but we know what they don't have in common. So yeah, uh, it's the relationship. Nathan would be better with a mask if they were going to do high-flying gimmick, but obviously they're not going to do (laughs) that. Yeah, exactly. He makes more sense with the character of like flying around, but... Yeah, you know, whatever. Hey, it's a hey thing. kid, I, you can't speak English properly. Stick you in a mask. Like the only right. hope is that maybe take the mask off and ask <clears throat> three packages. Um, the Portuguese sensation, you know, out of Toya Two or something like this. So, we'll, we'll, <laughs> going away. Yeah. Um, Mr. Stone and company aren't happy with Von Wagner being sh- uh, off the show. With Sola Sakura comes in, say he doesn't want to hear it, and then the main event NXT title: Cameron Grimes versus Von Breaker. Grimes made clear with target the bad right shoulder of Bron and he executed a focused attack. Grimes thought he had to win with a diving cave-in, but the champion came through with a spear. Win. After the match, mm-hmm. JD Madonna attacked Breaker and sent him through a table mm. at ringside. He told the champion he was dealing 
will in necessary evil. I did not see Jordan Devlin doing with taking Bron Breaker out. Uh, and as for the match, I'm not going to lie, I was slightly disappointed. I don't know what it was missing. Uh, if it was anything, yeah. I mean, what do you think? I'm with you. Uh, it was definitely wasn't as good as Waller and Hayes, uh, but you know, I, I did think it was still got, it was pretty good, and I, I understood the story they were trying to tell here with the arm injury and all of that. And uh, I thought Breaker wasn't too bad, but like you said, it was something, you know, gone. I don't know, and I don't even want to say it was the fact that Grimes probably we didn't necessarily thought Grimes was going to win. I think maybe that is because that was the biggest minus. Overall, is that no matter even with the cave in something that for the most part has been pretty protected, at least from my recollection on NXT, he's been pretty protected when he kicked out of it. You know, even, even before that, I don't think I ever really thought Grimes was gonna win. And I think that making that making kind of unimmerse you in the story they're trying to tell, but you know, it was a it's still a, a good step for Breaker, you know, as a character. Uh, and uh, and like I said, that took away from it from me the fact that Grounds wasn't really a threat here. Uh, but you know, I have no problem with this uh, the outcome though. It wasn't the best. wasn't I've seen them both do a little bit better. I think I think we both been there. So, uh, but yeah, man, this wasn't this wasn't bad overall or anything. Uh, and as far as McDonald showing up here, definitely a shock. Uh, not, I, I don't mind it. I wasn't expecting him to kind of get thrown into that situation right off the bat, like, you know, going after the world champion. But that does, you know, that maybe that means, you know, 2.0 thinks highly of him, which I think in the past wasn't it Shawn Michaels who had very not blowing, had very positive things to say about Jordan Devlin? Yes. If I remember it right, he's always like Jordan. So, you know, maybe this, uh, this is a, a good fresh start, something new for Devlin, and who knows what could possibly happen going forward, but uh, I am ready to see what uh, you know. He is the Irish Ace. He's still saying that, but now, what is he? What is going to make him the necessary evil? I want. I'm intrigued by that. So you know, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a shame, but we'll move on. Like I said, two episodes to go. July nineteenth, uh, Roxanne was attacked in a car park. Now, Monty, you and I have been watching NXT. Time. <laughs> that car park man needs either no, cameras or cursed. security or. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> We've seen some of everything go down, by the way, in the car. <laughs> People kidnapped <laughs> one week. Like, yeah, yeah, man. That is, da- it's a dangerous parking lot. <laughs> it is, it is like the worst parking lot in the history of just ever. Like, cars getting stolen, people attacked, you know, dating back a few years now as well. Uh, we then see Giovanni Vici beating Apollo Crews after Zion Quinn's involvement. Uh, Wade posted Ugh, a post for a picture. Actually made me laugh. That was great. But, I loved it. <laughs> but it doesn't look good for Crews. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? I, I knew he was probably going to have to put him over when they booked it. But I, you know what, man? I, the sad thing about it is we know what Fabian is in the ring. So I knew that both of those guys... Like with their strength, their athleticism, I knew they were going to bring it, and they really brought it for for the time. But then you go and just have to two point oh it up <laughs> with the finish. <laughs> so yeah, it just ruined everything. And I was like, ah, like I, how can you not watch that and be like, yeah, wh- what would you prefer? Tell me this: you want Apollo more Apollo and Vinci, or do you want Apollo and Zion after that? Come on, man. Like ah, whatever. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> 
Grimes, uh, Grimes told the NXT University failed and learned a lesson about doing things the right way. McDonough mocked the richest man in NXT, but the moment they got physical, Grimes sent the newcomer running. This wasn't the best either. Tate and Paxley beat Caden Carter. Pretty deadly. Walked into the country bar to challenge Briggs and Jensen and fell on Henny setting the match for next week. I'll tell you what, Pretty Deadly got balls the size of grapefruits, and I'm not talking about the Miz here, but it got bar where they knew they were outnumbered and they didn't care. That's real toughness. Uh, <laughs> Sanger beat Duke Hudson in an okay match. Sakaya versus Wagner mm. went to a double count out. The two continued to fight after the finish, battling to the back all the way to the parking lot. Sakaya threw stone in a trap <sighs> after the brawl. I mean, not bad stuff. Um, but I tell you what, how comfortable did that dumpster look? And how many dumpsters have WWE <laughs> logos on? I'm just, I'm just wondering. <laughs> like, you know, it was a fresh one too. It was a fresh <laughs> WWE logo, man. It was nice. <laughs> well, we also had Indy versus Lash Legend, oh. which, which turned into the worst match of the year. Uh, Legend needs to go back to basketball. There's no doubt. Indy. Like I said, not long for NXT, but I started to say every time Ugh. the missing of the springboard dive, it was Oh my what, goodness. Was, it was just a cluster. Yeah, man. It, it sucked because, you know, they did the stuff with the album, you get the distraction, you get set up perfectly and the camera angle, everything. It was just like it was like, oh, you build this up just to uh you didn't like, oh my goodness. Yeah. She crashed and burned. It was rough. Then they they, they went with, you know, it was a nice little, I guess, ad-lib finish there. But I, I mentioned it. I wrote down that uh, in, NXT has no clue what to do with Indy. Like, like, like they don't know. They Up and down booking is better than, like, up and down booking is better than not making the card. But it's not much better because, you know, just shows that they don't really know what to do. Like, a, a lack of direction. But that botch does not help a case for putting her on TV more. So I, I felt I kind of felt for her here, especially in this situation when you when you're having the lead. Because like, let's be honest, in, like you said, not long for NXT and in this situation. And then Indy, how much of Indy in the situation she was in when she was with Candice LeRae or she was with Persia? How many times did she actually have to lead the action of someone that is green as Lash in that situation? Like you're putting her in an unfamiliar situation also. So they, it was just, yeah, I, I felt bad. They both kind of was just out there to left the drown, you know? I think without a doubt. Well, we see Blade and Offie using two Channon stacks. Lorenzo and Tony D. Roken Wild and Cruz were forced to prove their lottery by attacking Blade afterwards. Then the main event, the NXT Women's Championship, because Fox Am- called out Mandy Rose last week, got attacked in a car park this week. But Cora Jade interrupted mm-hmm. Toxic to challenge Mandy Rose. But Perez walked out with a title match, even with taped-up ribs. Perez hit Pop Rocks mm. on the outside, but Jade attacked her own friend, using the NXT Women's Tag Title. What? Rose took advantage by hitting the bicycle knee to win. And afterwards, Jade... Well, how can I phrase this? Jade tried to break a skateboard on Perez's back. <laughs> like the skateboard broke in half before uh, but then hit a few more times to actually add to it right. uh, but again this is a good story but the tag titles are just a fucking prop here um mm-hmm. what wh- what did you think of this because again this was interesting development but i just feel timing's wrong 
I agree. Uh, especially so fresh after dethroning the tag champions. It made sense. So I guess I can, like, leave it alone, especially, uh, you know, with all the, you know, with kind of looking like Cora wanted to take this spot after, you know, Roxy was gone. So it makes sense when Roxy surprises her and returns and then, you know, almost went, literally was hard to take away. Even it makes sense from a storytelling standpoint of Cora J's position and what she wanted to do of being the person to dethrone uh, Toxic Attraction. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's still, I'm with you as far as the timing goes. You know, for, poor tag titles. Who knows what, you know, what that means when, when you have that situation going on, uh, when you're champions, like fresh champions. Do, they, do you throw it back to Toxic Attraction? And we just start over again, you know what I'm saying? Like it really makes you wonder. Uh, but I, th- I thought Roxy sold everything pretty well in the match. I thought she did a fantastic job. She's awesome at getting sympathy as a babyface. Like someone's supposed to be just 20 years old, she is a natural in my opinion as far as a babyface goes. And uh, I don't know. I guess I was on to core too, by the way, because to be to be honest, I told I, th- I don't know if I mentioned this before, but whenever a team reminds you that they're best friends as much as they did. And the only reason why I say that is because at first it made sense because we didn't really under, know about the Cora J, uh Roxy relationship. We didn't know how much of it was an actual relationship. So it makes sense to try to fill the, the audience in. But I, you know, week after week, and as they won the tag titles, they mentioned it three or four times just in that one promo. My best friend, oh, I love this girl, and all that type of stuff. He's just like, ah, a turn is probably coming yeah. if they love each other that much. So I wasn't that shocked by the betrayal, but again, like you said, it was a, a, a nice, uh, you know, moment for this story. I don't, I don't think it's a bad story to tell them at all, but the timing of it, maybe the execution probably wasn't the best. No, but this is the thing. The story was there, just wrong time, right people. Like you said, Roxanne's been ah, since coming across, and Jay's been impressive, but this is kind of jump that she needed to see if the hill can work. Can they become... The Chumper and Johnny Gano, the women's division. It's a lot to ask for. Yeah. The foundation are mm-hmm. there. And now the last one of NXT, I promise it's the last one. July 19th, Jordan Devlin beat Cameron Grimes in a fantastic opener. Both men's characters came through. Uh, Devlin mm-hmm. counted himself like a star. The story of the match. I tell you how good it was, Monty, if the old NXT. I agree 100%, man. It felt like that. It also, uh, you know, with some of the submission and technical work here, it, it reminded me of a little bit of what Jordan was doing in the UK, too. So, you know, uh, I, I really loved the elements of the match and how physical it was. And it, it, it sometimes when NXT do, do this, even with the, uh, for example, with the Melo and Waller match or something, when they really get into their modes and let the best that they have to offer do what they do, you almost feel like you're watching a completely different show mm. <laughs> compared to some of the other stuff that's on it. But, you know, uh, we're both familiar with these guys and what they bring to the table. And this was no different, man. JD was just relentless on that knee. And uh, Grimes just sold it well. And I think he's putting his worth on display. Like I mentioned a few, uh, or at least probably on the last NXT review, me and Word. But I think, if anything, Grimes' performances should have, if his job was in limbo, I think this should save everything. He's been killing it no matter what they ask him to do, if you know whether it makes sense or not. So uh, I don't know. I, I thought J.D. winning was the right move, too. So I genuinely enjoyed this. It was very competitive, incredible stuff. Really, really good stuff. Cora Jade came out and called herself the true breakout superstar of NXT. 
and hate the intention that was taken away from her and given to Roxanne Perez. She called her NXT Women's Tag Team Championship a reminder of a failure before throwing it in the trash. I mean, Jesus Mm-mm-mm. Christ. It's the disrespect of the women's tag title. I mean, what was the point of creating them? The whole point of Alundra Blaze and Medusa throwing a title in the trash was it was a different company. You did not mm-hmm. disrespect the titles when it's your own brand. It's bad enough what they're doing on the main roster, let alone on NXT. Like I said earlier, give them Cesaro Brookside and Lars Alexander. They'll be treated a lot better. Uh, another point as well, it's a shame there's no managers for Cora Jade right now. That, oh my goodness. Okay, so you got it too because I thought the promo made sense word-wise, but the delivery at times was laughable. You know what I'm saying? And throwing belts in the trash, I guess, people, like you said, the whole point of it was uh, of a disrespect to another promotion. So I, I was about to say maybe they look at it as an old-school way to get some extra heat, but I don't know, man. You know, the internet had a field day with the clip, though, and who knows? People were all just up and on. Up and up and on that this is possibly the end of the tag team tag, uh, belts for went for uh, NXT. Who knows? Because I understand with the insert, uh, I understand the uncertainty with the way WWE has been doing things, so I get it. But uh, I don't necessarily think that means that, that the tag titles are done. But man, the treatment of it, I, I, I'm with you. I don't understand. Hell, uh, Stacey Jane and um, Gigi should be pissed because it's like really like we. Like so, basically, every all the dominance that we've done just get thrown away like it's nothing. Three within a month before, after we lose the belt, they're in the trash. Like a belt is in the trash. Like I don't know. It's kind of like it's like a slap in the face, yeah. in my opinion, when you do that. Even if it is just supposed to be symbolic, and especially, Core don't need any more heat. She just you know betrayed her tag team partner and best friend. She didn't need to do that. Like that's the that's another thing about it. Like I understand it's just. Ah, you know, kind of just sticking the knife deeper into uh, Roxy, but it was kind of unnecessary. It was overkill, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. Well, the Roderick Strong beat own team member Damon Kemp. It's quite funny, though, because the Creed Brothers were getting beaten down. And <laughs> hey, Kemp, take the knee. There you go. Get up. What are you waiting for? Get up, man. Yeah. I didn't just knee you in the face. Let's go help. <laughs> Why are you standing around? Uh, Briggs and Jensen defeated pretty deadly to attain the NXT Tag Championships. No boy, uh, pretty deadly low did dress as cowboys, mm. they are the saviors of this division. <laughs> uh, Joe Gacy completed a purification ad showing their faces Ugh. as a rename. This hit, this hit, this hurt me, hurt this, hurt this, hurt James Drake to Jagger Reed and Zach Gibson to Rip Fowler. I mean, to be fair though, Gibson did look rip. better, Rip Fowler, but Gibson did look better than Gacy, but still, fuck me, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. Gibson kind of gave off like he could, he he fits more as the, the leader. Middle. Yeah, go you know the what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He should be the leader. Right. Look at that guy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, I'm excited that they're finally out of those suits. I think that's pretty much <laughs> the only thing I can yes. really say. Black we'll trousers, a black shirt. Now that would be the attire. But <laughs> then again, we'll take that. I suppose it's interesting times, shall we say? Um, <laughs> Bron they don't and... look as grizzled either, by no, the way. No, no. <laughs> no longer no. grizzled. <laughs> Bron Breaker and Jordan Devon had a chat about shoulders. Uh, Von Wagner beat up Solo Sokoa before SmackDown. One of the greatest technical wrestlers has been repackaged as Axiom, like we said, a high-flying luchador. Apart from the blur <laughs> entrance, the win over Chen 
has me worried. Sinkara Mark Three and the main event, the twenty women yeah. number one contendership battle royal. Well, I thought Alba Fire would um, be the favourite <laughs> in this one, but Zoe Stark was the surprise final entrance in the battle royal. We saw Toxic Attraction watching on from the Toxic. Tiffany Stratton, shockingly and related Nikita Lyons, Stark and him and mm. Stratton, and then Duck Cora J sneak attack to take her out and win. But we talk about it. Zoe Stark walks in and returns to a completely different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's like, "Where's Eo?" Completely, <laughs> right? Uh, Eo, where are you? <laughs> Raquel, where's Raquel? <laughs> I know she was like, who the hell is this? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Keonce? Oh, okay. Nice to meet you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. It was good to see her though. I will say that. It was great to see her. By the way, your pick, how did you feel when your pick flew out of the ring with Lashley? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's just they're gonna use This is that, continuing. Yeah, they're gonna use Alba to get Lash over. Good fucking luck. Good luck, you know. <laughs> Good luck, what man. Good luck. What is the uh, uh, point? Congrats, Zoe, though. Congrats, Zoe. Yeah. It'll be good to see good Zoe. Good to see her healthy. Yeah, Zoe versus Mandy coming up at some point. Um, but overall thoughts. We talk about overall thoughts for NXT 2.0. And I will say, I was worried about 2.0 talent on NXT UK, but it actually looks like it's happening the other way around. <laughs> the mean, reverse way. On this episode, hello, Jordan Devlin, obviously, pretty deadly. Grizzled Young Vets featured, A-Kid. Also, Nathan Fraser's turn, Alba Fire. You know, did yeah. I didn't think we can be real smart because in a year's time, <laughs> if all the NXT UK talent go up to NXT 2.0, apart from <laughs> learning their new names, we'll know everything <laughs> right. that's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a lot of backstory. Oh, yeah, the luchador used to be... <laughs> He was, had, had the hair just come. He was, you know. <laughs> God. But I've, I've not... I mean, Great American Bash might not have been the best event ever. But, again, I've not minded. There have been a few developments on 2.0 that Saint to... I don't want to say look forward to, because I think that's too... <laughs> but, you know, it's even like JD and, and Bron, because Bron's got to lose that title sooner rather than later. And will right. JD be the man? Will it become the first NXT UK superstar to win gold, you know, uh, win the big singles title uh, on the uh, 2.0 brand now, you know? It'd be a good trivia answer if he is, because I don't think people <laughs> would have assumed it. Like, out of all the greats of NXT, like Pete Dunn's been UK, NXT, all these, all the names, and then you read off the list, JD McDonald. Who? Who is that? Who is JD? <laughs> oh, Jordan Devlin. I remember him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, looking forward, like you said, it's a couple of things, like I said, some positives that you can uh, pull from NXT 2.0. Uh, it's definitely better than it has been, but at the same time, it still has a lot of those faults. But I guess I'm becoming used to them <laughs> in more ways than one. But uh, we'll see. You know, uh, just got to give a lot of the stuff time. I'm, I'm very interested in to see where, where a lot of stuff goes going forward. Like we'd like to have a JD in the title picture Mandy Rose's situation uh what's going to happen will we just continue will Roxy continue to team with vacant or will they are they done with the belts completely <laughs> <laughs> like what's gonna happen when it comes to that uh but we do have like you said some rumblings of some interesting stuff going on 
And we just have stuff to keep an eye on. Honestly, I I was surprised Andre Chase went to London. He didn't show up in the NXT UK. So it, that that's why I didn't that mention you can go. it. Yeah, I didn't mention it because <laughs> you're going to go to London and not <laughs> pop in the performance centre. <laughs> he didn't even go. So I'm like, oh, so you can cross the pond without even doing it. So, you know, uh, whatever. Anyway, we'll see. It's just funny. I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, so he's going to London. So he's definitely going to pop up over UK. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. But anyway. No, he avoided uh, Fun it. stuff, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, he avoided it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not up for that. <laughs> no, no, I might get lost. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I said, NXT has been interesting, but it comes off the hills, like we said, of the, the massive news that we had yesterday, and we'll have to work through that as well. But is there anything else about NXT? I think we've pretty much covered it all now, haven't we? Yeah, man. I think we've done done it all. We finally catch up, caught up. So that's good. I think that's the the, the biggest positive for me. Uh, but <laughs> it's because it's a lot. Oh my goodness! Don't don't binge watch two point I think I told you guys <laughs> before. <laughs> Just don't. That's all I got. I had to watch like three in a row. You were, I'm sorry. You were waiting to, to give top of my all goodness. your secrets, everything that any information. <laughs> Yeah, so that is, it. Yeah, I think, a perfect way. Like I said, we have caught up with five episodes of each. Uh, and, of course, this update is going to be fun because we're also going to have, like, Sami Zayn on the Stone Cold uh, podcast, Broken Skull, which should mm-hmm. be the best Broken Skull possibly of all time. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for that, man. I can't wait for the stories. I wonder how much of, El, of the El Generico days he'll touch on. It's a lot of little things. Kevin on NXT... I just I would like to hear a lot more of Sammy's insight because we know he's incredible. He's an incredible mind for this business. So can't wait to see what Austin can pull out of him. Yeah, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Well, that's it for now. Though. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Or Monty, where can people find and listen to you? At Mind Monty Pod, or you can type in the Mind of Monty on your pod anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can go to Monty's Universe on YouTube, uh, you know, and check out some of my new clips that I'll be uploading. Uh, we definitely talked about the big bombshell news uh, of, you know, the old man retiring on the la- latest show. So check out some of my, the day of, re- a live reaction of the day of, of, to the, of that news of this man retiring. Check us out at Mind Monty Pod. Hit the link in my bio. The double also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at double podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, double podcast. We have all the latest clips. Podcasts got the same time on YouTube. We do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be with the entire WNR team and maybe a couple of special guests as we have our SummerSlam pre show. Monty, I know we've covered a lot. But a week away from SummerSlam, mm-hmm. how have you got high hopes for it or not? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> middle of the middle of the pack. I, guess. I think that sound that says it sounds, all. Says it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's... <laughs> And on that, yeah, that's, that's what it is. Write that down. Yeah. That's it. I, I'm, I'm a little, uh, uh. <laughs> I think on that note, we will leave it there. Uh, <laughs> I have been James Rowlands. 
and I was joined by the mind of Monty again, buddy. It's great to have you on for an update, uh, and it's great to finally catch up. And like I said, SummerSlam next week, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll go through it together. <laughs> That's what I say we are. We are a team, but I'd like to thank you for joining me, and I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Like I said, uh, have a good one, and bye. Bye.